0: It's Friday, which means tomorrow is Saturday, which means Penn State football. We are. I started this tradition two weeks ago. They beat Auburn real badly. So I'm going to keep going because obviously this is why they're winning. Very special uh, show today. We're pre-gaming. I'm not drinking anything. I don't know if my guests are, but I'm going to save it for later. Uh, But we're doing a little pre-game for AI Day 2. Uh, We're going to have a, a... community forum style discussion where members of the Tesla community are going to jump on and we're going to talk everything AI day two, plus some other things as well. But we're very excited to uh, speak with y'all. Please welcome our guests. We have Rodman, we have Hans, we have Borghand, we have Bradford. Thank you so much all for joining. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, All right, let me go ahead and turn off this song. I still don't know how to transition out of this stupid song. (laughs) I'm so bad at this. Um, All right. I'm going to actually hand it over to Bradford because Bradford wanted to talk about a few things before we even get into AI day. So uh, kick us off. Uh, Let us know what's on your mind.
1: Yeah, some little pieces of news. Um, There's an article out that uh, instead of having instead of giving stock to employees as a default, uh, Tesla is now instead going to give them cash and then uh, the employees can they can still elect for stock or stock options. But um, Cash will be the default, um, and if people get cash, they can still buy stock or stock options. Um, I I think this is interesting because you know, Tesla, you know, we all think they're going to have a surplus of cash, um, and you know, we have someone on the panel here who uh, did very well financially, so much so that they retired from Tesla early. I don't know who that is. <laughs> so like you know that's not always a good thing uh when you make all your employees millionaires even like uh, line workers or um you know awesome uh warehouse problem solvers um so this is maybe a quasi stock buyback so instead of giving them stock they're giving them cash instead and potentially uh, depending on timeline maybe tesla um, stops offering the stock incentive Um, that that might be kind of rare but maybe that's coming Um, and and by making cash the default um, most employees when you give them a default they tend to go with it Uh, that tends to happen with 401k plans and things like that Uh, so i i think that's a little interesting thing um any comments before we go to the next
0: item i think i think what's interesting about this is that um like you said there is sort of that default where it's from what i'm reading here the first few lines and i'll go ahead and read this for those that are not uh, on the screen so Y'all can have a little bit of info from the from the one of the articles I pulled up here. Tesla will start giving its employees cash grants as their default incentive to stick with the company rather than the equity awards it has traditionally handed out. According to the internal documents viewed by the information, the electric car maker's employees will still be able to receive stock awards instead of cash grants if they prefer to, according to the documents. But the default will be to receive cash. So, um, yeah, like like you said, Bradford, I, I I do think it's still cool that they allow. Because what I'm guessing is, I remember when I was working at the company. Anytime you know, say I got promoted or I got a, a like a kudos or whatever, they say here's here's money. Do you want it in stock options or do you want it in uh, in RSUs, restricted stock units? So what it sounds like is they're giving that third option, which is cash, but it defaults to cash instead of. I think it used to default to RSUs. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think I'm curious to see. I am curious to see how many people will just uh, default to the cash option, and and I bet you it's mostly going to be folks that are, let's say, um, are, are in a little, little bit more of a like say uh, you know payment to payment sort of month to month sort of status where perhaps they don't have the luxury of sort of letting the stock sit in an account for a, for say a quarter or a year until they vest. Uh, so those folks will probably really appreciate that sort of style of grants from Tesla. Uh, but I do think there's still going to be a, a significant portion of the uh, s- workforce is going to opt for stock because, at least from what I remember, a lot of people that worked at Tesla really, really enjoyed being a, a, a shareholder. Maybe maybe they don't want every single time they get a promotion or a grant to be in stock, but um, a lot of them wanted, wanted their whole thing in there. So, But it's cool. It's cool that they're giving them their option. And I'm curious, like, long-term, sort of what you spoke about a little bit is um, – sort of speaks to tesla's ability to generate cash but is this also a way to try and reduce how much um uh dilution happens to the stock as well over time and try to reduce that how how do you guys think about that
2: well i guess i just had one question to clarify on that so this is separate from the employee stock uh program where they can purchase at the end of the quarter And so this is just for, yeah, performance-based awards. Yeah, I think in that scenario, it doesn't, I was a little bit at first thinking, maybe that's not such a good thing. Like you should want as many of your employees as invested in the long-term future of the company as possible. Um, But as long as they're not taking that off the table where employees can continue to purchase stock at a discounted price and they have the option um, it definitely signals a shift in yeah, maybe the company's position and their goals and and their relationship with the workforce.
1: I'd like to ask a question of Borghand here is like legally, do you think this helps Tesla? so like if they get it as cash, people can't say, well, you put the default as cash and my cash lost me money because cash doesn't go down <laughs> except for inflation. Um, Do you think this helps them at all legally?
3: I don't think so, really. I I was going to say, you know, I don't know. Uh, I should say I don't know, but it doesn't off the top of my head, not really. But what I was going to say is, you know, what stands out to me, one, is I see internal documents viewed by the information. So again, I'm somewhat skeptical when I see that kind of source sourcing. Um, I'm sure it's 100% valid, but you know, could be Joe blow down the block. So um, but beyond that, when you first started talking, it made me think buybacks, that was the first thing that kind of popped in my mind. And when you mentioned it, Bradford, uh, I agree with you to me, it sounds like it'll end up with the ultimately with the fewer distribution of shares, Tesla shares to employees, uh, less dilution to the shareholders. And it's a way in essence, a backdoor way of buying back shares. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, if, if in fact it's true, I don't really think, um, uh, employees will have, uh, any legal issue as to the change, because they obviously have the ability to opt in if they choose to, I guess, it seems like they would have the ability to, to default otherwise perhaps. Um, but, but that's kind of my take on it.
0: I do wonder too, if, um, if, uh, Because the stock has been going down, say, like since November, not really the stock, the whole market has been taking a crap. And one could argue Tesla has performed quite a bit better than a lot of stocks out there. But I wonder how much of this is, um, you know, you have a percentage of the workforce that's like, well, anytime I get a promotion, I'm getting stock. And then this stock's not really doing a lot. Like I'm actually losing money (laughs) technically because of, of that, of the. Market performance in the last six to eight months, and now that Tesla is much better positioned from a an infinite financial perspective, and they're able to say, hey, you know what, we to do right by maybe by the employees' concerns around this matter, we're gonna give them the option to just say, you know what, instead of me taking a risk in this volatile market, I'm gonna allow them to take cash, or it could also be a signal that Tesla is saying, maybe I don't know, this could be like a little tinfoil theory, but like maybe those maybe they think for the next couple of years they, they don't think the market's going to perform all that well so they're they're creating this as a proactive measure to try and prevent those that kind of noise coming up in the future i don't know if that's a little bit too much of a tinfoil uh, hat theory but i just wanted to throw that out there Rodman, did you have any any thoughts
4: yeah i mean i've been on the side i've been on the employee side um and i i the company I worked at, I had, I accumulated quite a lot of shares through mechanisms like this through awards. And I mean, I have to say that like for me personally, like being able to have enough income that I could just hold on to these things, they are like just an extremely great way to build like wealth. And that is that can be detrimental, like you guys pointed out. like you you could have employees who become wealthy enough that they feel like they don't need to work anymore or they can move on to other things or maybe even start their own companies or YouTube channels, you know, stuff like that. Um, But we think there's, (laughs) and then I think it's actually, I think it probably slight benefit for the company itself. Um, I think the most important thing is still allowing people to have the option. Like it's just great having options, right? Like taking away options is bad. Giving them more options is great. I mean, like not options, stock options, but like options of how to receive that money if I need to pay this month's rent and this is like extra money that I can use to go buy like my wife a birthday present, that's awesome, right? Um, And I don't have to sell any shares to get to that, right? So that's great for the stock and for those people who just need the cash. So I think that's great. Um, You know, that's kind of a short-term thing, but in the long-term, I think these people are gonna be less well-off because they're not gonna have as many shares. And going back to your point of like, is the current downturn a bad thing? It's actually a great thing if you're a long term holder. Like you're getting more, you would get more shares at a, if the price is, stock price is lower than you would get if the stock price was higher, right? Typically, like if, if they say, okay, your award is $10,000, that's going to be split amongst a, sh- uh, a smaller denominator, uh, price denominator. So yeah, I, I mean, I think like if it were me, I'd be like, Good thing the price is low because i'm getting a ton of shares and then when the price goes up i'm going to make a lot of money but i know a lot of people don't think that way um maybe i was the weird one out but yeah overall i think this is kind of good to neutral on both sides so
0: yeah i think i think it's it's yet another instance where Tesla's displaying a lot of maturity from a financial aspect that they're able to even offer this in the first place i don't think they'll be able to offer this say you know 2019 2018 definitely not 2017 while i was there i mean they they needed all the cash it could get this is i think it's just a signal that says hey like we can do this because we have the financial capability to do this because we make a lot of money so th- that's the signal i get from this
3: i was going to say i was going to say the other thing is and it's kind of what bradford asked me originally and i was kind of thinking about it um it it and kind of what farzad said it could be a signal to employees that we perceive the stock's going to decrease in price over the next period of time so here's we're giving you a clue so if you want to take it as cash for the next six months take it as cash this is not necessarily a permanent change either it might be for six months a year and then they might default back to to stock but it might be and the only complexity might be you know if insiders know this and then they trade on it that obviously creates different issues but kind of that's where my my head goes if they know or have a belief that the stock price is going to change. And um, so it would be one a a, a clue versus insider information kind of Mm -hmm. those two issues.
0: Mm -hmm. Anybody else have any thoughts on this topic? One, two, three. Bradford, what's the next one?
1: Next one is, and I did send you a DM on this, um, that the wait times in China are back. Uh, you, yeah, you can click into that and then um, maybe click into the four cap one. Um, so the wait times, got down to like one to 10 weeks in China or one to eight weeks, that kind of thing, right near the end of the quarter. And um, some people were wondering if Tesla is going to cut prices in China. Um, <laughs> I thought it was more like an end of quarter type thing um but i started to get a, a little worried to be honest and and now wait times are back to four to eight weeks um so i think that's interesting and tesla china has come out and uh, told the youtubers or whatnot that um, they are not going to cut prices on october 1st um one thing that we may not know is culturally uh, Chinese consumers are very, very astute and uh, sometimes they get together and they try and pressure companies to offer them a deal or to get price cuts or that kind of thing. Um, so this is something that happens in China. It doesn't really happen in the US. and um, there are some people maybe scalping uh, reservations with Tesla, but you know here we see wait times are back and Tesla's saying, we're, we're not lowering prices so curious to see where this goes and how long um prices stay where they are they they haven't cut prices in the face of competition continually coming out with uh lower price models
0: what's the likelihood that they've maybe p- made a permanent shift for the next quarter of shanghai's production to be moved away from china and the new allotment of production to china is equaling to two, four to eight weeks, sort of like as a devil's advocate. How, how do you guys think about that? Is that a fair question or, um, yeah, it, does that question make sense? Like maybe, maybe there's more market outside oh, so of, you know, yeah, yeah. what you're
1: saying is they're maybe they're ex exporting, more exporting more China. Yeah. Um, that's possible. That's possible.
0: And I'm not, necessarily saying it's good or bad. I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering if, if. The four to eight weeks is a reflection of that shift, or it could very well be also that because it is odd that it goes from say, what was it like eight to twelve weeks or whatever it was before four to eight goes back to one four and then it goes back again to four to eight, right? So um it seems like a big dip and then a big return. Or it could have been that they 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 shifted production so heavily towards China for a period of time that it truly came down to one to four weeks, and they're like, you know what? Based on the production rates that we have in Shanghai, if they're really going to get close to a million or a million too, maybe they're better served uh, shifting that production away from the Chinese market to the rest of the world. But then I think the signal that could send is okay, so is the Chinese demand really that, you know? softening versus where they were before, or is this really what it's going to be until they release a new model? Or is this a reflection of the sort of the dif- different economic hardships that China is having? And there's a, a lot of uh, folks in China that are potentially not looking to make big purchases like a vehicle because of the housing crisis. There's a lot of open questions, I think. And I'm for Q3 uh, earnings, I'm really curious to see what kind of tone and questions they get around that, because I'm not necessarily like, um i'm not necessarily concerned about them being able to run shanghai at 100% what i'm curious to see is how the chinese economy is really faring in these in these times and given what tesla might do from a shift of production to exports versus china that could be a signal to the rest of the to the rest of the world really that says hey like china is not doing as well as as we were hoping we're fine from a company standpoint because we ha- we can export but look out there might be something coming and again i don't i don't know if i'm i'm, I'm being too negative on this but um yeah Inter- well, interesting interesting development
2: exactly you know a lot of that's a general market sentiment that a lot of people have and this is a great window to see that because my understanding is that we see this exact type of shift in delivery time expectations not just in china but in every market like you know, it would say that in Fremont, right before the end of the quarter. But then if you live in California, all of a sudden the wait times in your area might drop significantly. And mm-hmm. this is just a constant way that Tesla manages their backlog and their orders. And I think they basically come into the quarter, my sense of it from watching Rob and um, just Tesla in general is that they come into the end of the quarter at, and they have you know done a lot of exports or ship things that are going far away and they're kind of playing it by ear like how many cars are we really going to try and shift around you know all these orders at this distance all these orders at that distance all these next orders at this distance which ones are we going to deliver first and in what order are we going to rearrange them so that we can maximize our quarterly deliveries if that's what we're trying to do. And, you know, maybe they're not always trying to maximize quarterly deliveries. Maybe they're deciding that really they want to prioritize deliveries in Q4 instead of deliveries in Q3. And so they're making these kind of minor on-the-fly adjustments and they're having different impacts on different markets, different areas at different times. Um, But because, like you said, everyone right now is worried about China, that we see this little thing that's a normal thing, but we've never really been paying attention to it. And then because we're worried about Chinese demand and what the future of the the auto industry in China looks like, we kind of read more into it than
3: might necessarily be there. I was gonna say that uh, one to four and four to eight are the same thing. So if you wanna suggest an earlier delivery, you say one to four, If you wanna give yourself more flexibility, you say four to eight. But if four weeks, uh, it it overlaps, right? It's in the first one, it's in the second one. So I don't know if that's meaningful at all in my view. And two, I don't think we can make a determination on China and what their demand is gonna be and what the economy is gonna be for at least another month. Mm -hmm. And once their politics are settled and we know that the, the pressures on xi are over so that he is free to kind of act as he would like not as he would like to be re-elected then we will then kind of get a better grasp of what the future chinese economy is going to be so that that's what i think uh, we have to wait for
0: that's a great point why not uh, when does he go up for the election the 16th of october sometime, or something like
3: that yeah sometime in the middle of october
0: okay go ahead Bradford.
1: I'll just add on is that um, you have a good point Farzad and that uh, Tesla may uh, be sending more cars away from China. Um, They're sending a record number to Australia this quarter. Um, I think they uh, may have sent a whole boat to Taiwan. I don't know. Um, They're wanting cars in Israel and (laughs) everywhere. Um, So. It, yeah, that's possible that they start sending more away from China. But you know what we also see is that Tesla sales are growing in China, whereas legacy SUV sales are declining. They're eating their lunch. Uh, can I go to the last item before we get to? Well, AI? Of course,
0: you can, Bradford. Come on, <laughs> do as
1: many Rotten, as you, want. you can uh, if you want to comment. But um, yes. So there's a rumor, uh, this is Reuters putting this out and Reuters has kind of been anti-Tesla recently that um, Tesla intends to produce 495,000 Model 3 and Y in the fourth quarter, uh, which would be a, a pretty sizable step up from what Tesla has been doing. And this would put them um, it, it put them above 1.4 million for the year and maybe halfway to 1.5 million. Um, so it, it, it'd be a, a significant uptick in production. Um, Berlin and Austin have been slow with their ramps, and I, I think people are guessing that Berlin and Austin are around like 12 to 15,000 in Q3. And they would need to do about forty thousand plus each, um, provided that Shanghai and and Fremont have uh, strong quarters. Um, so that would be a really major move and very significant if it were true, and if it and Tesla is able to execute, it, it could be another uh, stretch goal for Tesla. Um, so. It, yeah, I wouldn't like uh, bet my life on it, but uh, I, I, it'd be a really big deal. And you, we're seeing Toyota cut back and they're still blaming chip shortage. And um, you know, Tesla may be on track to increase their deliveries by 50% um, on the total year this year, which, which is a, you know, it's, it's quite shocking to see the, the disruption happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, For those that are are just listening in uh, real quick, an excerpt from the Reuters article that uh, Bradford is referring Uh, the ambitious. Well, let me read the headline first, because, of course, if I'm going to be reporting the news, geez, exclusive Tesla output forecast shows jump in Q4 growth through 2023 sources. Uh, And then the uh, excerpt is uh, the ambitious goal came despite lingering supply chain risks. Oh, this is from the from the previous line. Sorry. so ignore that line I just said. But in but its forecast, which covers the next four consecutive quarters, sets an ambitious target to produce almost four hundred and ninety five thousand Model Y and threes in the fourth quarter of this year. Be uh, this is twenty twenty two. Those two models account for about ninety five percent of Tesla's output. Um, and I do wonder, I do wonder how much of that is the uh, goal that was. So so I guess let me let me ask a question here. Is this the goal that was set? at the beginning of the year or is this the, a goal that is out there for tesla to hit given recent um recent guidance internally by the company it's, does anybody have any sort of uh idea around that or is it just a i think like it's, a, an,
3: it's an internal document
0: okay so it was they could have gotten this document like january of this year potentially who knows where they could have gotten this document okay um That'd be sick. I mean, that, that's a big number. That's a That's a huge number. I mean, this quarter they're probably targeting what three sixty ish, between three sixty and three seventy, all models. And again, SNX is probably going to be what no more than no more than twenty five thousand cars uh, for the quarter. So uh, if they get the four ninety five with Model Three and Y, and they're and they're able to sell a lot of uh, X's and S's too, that puts them at potentially four twenty, <laughs> right? Four twenty for, for a
3: five sure. A,
0: 520. Excuse me. Yeah. Damn it. We were close. Even better. Uh, even, better. even better. One, one, one more. One more. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think about this? This is uh this would be a big deal. It'd be a huge deal.
4: Yeah, I think they really just need to bring down the wait times. Uh, the thing I'm seeing around here is while Tesla is still selling really well. This is the Los Angeles market. Um, like I, I'm seeing a lot of Kia Hyundai EVs pop up. And a lot of people aren't going to wait. I mean, I think some of it is gonna be a price differential issue, but a lot of it is people can't afford to wait sometimes to get a car, right? You can't wait six months to a year to get a car. Um, And and people who can afford to do so, they'll just jump into the performance uh, queue, which will get you ahead of the line, but you know, there's, there's definitely sales being lost to competitors here, um, even like the Mustang. I've seen a few more of those pop up. So uh, getting this production up is going to be a huge boon, and there's definitely enough demand for it, so.
0: Yeah.
3: What I found was interesting, and I looked at those articles too, I think. Um, they were comparing Tesla's 2023 production to BMWs. yeah. And BMWs production, I think forecast for 2023 was on the order of 2.5 million. So those are some pretty hefty numbers. That's a lot more than another 50. If we do 50% this year and another 50% next year, 2.5 is a lot more than that. Um, so I was impressed by that. The other thing I was impressed by Was it indicated that they thought in 2023 production would kind of level off in China, which I thought was interesting. And I think it's probably a good idea to diversify production to the extent it can be diversified elsewhere. You know, I know that India is an issue, but since Apple is headed to India for production, I think that, you know, it's something that should be considered at some point in time.
0: Yeah any other thoughts on the
2: 2.5 million note i mean if we if we end up getting we'll just say roughly half a million produced in q4 obviously that's a two million run rate right there but we can't forget that we're on an exponential curve and that as production is ramping that probably means that the back half of q4 is at a significantly higher run rate than the first half of q4 and so then if you actually narrow your bucket down and say, you know, what was December's production? Well, it might be if you multiply December's production by three, you might end up at a run rate that's significantly higher than the 500,000 cars per quarter. And then if you multiply that forward, like it, it's definitely possible. But like Richard said, it's, it is a higher growth rate than the 50% per year, but Elon has said pretty specifically that we're going to have years that we outpace that. And I think a year where you have two gigafactories really ramping up and, you know, it's taken Austin and Berlin a little bit longer. Like, I think in Elon's mind, really, we should have been further ahead on the curve now than where we are. And so Mm -hmm. we start making up some progress that maybe next year that 2023 is the year where we way outpace the 50 percent annual growth rate.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. I think we lost Bradford. Uh I'm not sure if he meant to close out, but I'll follow up with him. Um I think he I think just my, sorry, he just said that? he
4: was gonna chase down some information. He said he'd be right back.
0: Okay, sweet, sweet. Uh that's great. Um thank you for that. Yeah, I think I think the FQ four really does come in at say close to or at or even over five hundred thousand, the 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 context of that growth within the economic thing that's happening right now in the world with the recession and China and Russia Ukraine every other automaker is losing sales. That's selling gas cars, and then Tesla continues to have these ridiculous growth rates year over year, quarter over quarter. Um, it's a to me it sends a signal that says even in a, in a time of of hard times from an economic standpoint. There's a company out there that's performing extremely well, like really, really, not just really well, really well within the context of a manufacturer, uh, period. So given that they're growing at ridiculous uh, percentages, like, you know, people could have said, well, you know, the only reason why they can grow 50% year over year as a manufacturer is because there is a there's a lot of economic incentives for them to do that. And then now you have a situation where they're doing that in a in an environment where every other company is suffering. You know, even I think Apple had a report earlier this week that said you know they're they're actually their their um what is it projections for the iPhone are came down were a little softer than expected or something like that. Again, these are these are very different product lines, but even a behemoth like an apple that's going to make a ton of money anyway they're still uh not growing as much as people were expecting them to it would and they have a super super strong brand and then you have a company like tesla again in a market where the first thing that people really hold back from buying in the a, in a tough economic environment is, is a large uh price vehicle like or a large price thing a big price thing like a car so yeah it's 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 interesting to watch in q3 I mean we haven't even hit q3 and we're already getting a starter for q4 <laughs> so it's pretty cool it's a pretty cool well, time to be alive right now
2: yeah and i mean it would be absolutely insane i don't know if, you know this was mentioned earlier but if we get close to half a million cars produced in q4 and say production in q3 we'll find out in a couple of days we'll just say it ends up at 375 that's a 33% production increase quarter over quarter and yeah we've been talking about a 50 percent increase year over year on average and so you have you know you're two-thirds of the way there in a single quarter that's insane
0: yeah that's bananas it's completely nuts
3: and kind of what that those articles said kind of in different than past fourth quarters where there's kind of like a and i think hans kind of you kind of referred to this um, besides the big dip where the fourth quarter would be big. And then the first quarter would kind of go back down. They were, and I don't know if it's this article cause I read a few, but they okay. were suggesting that the, there wouldn't be a drop or that the drop wouldn't be significant so that the production rate would remain close to that. At least that initially in the first couple of quarters, close to that 500,000 uh, run rate and obviously, uh. There is so much upside in production for both Berlin and Austin. Uh, you know, un, you know, a million units probably each that we could do do more. Uh, I did see the reference in Berlin. There was that fire, and there was an issue about the recycling uh, uh, area there, and uh, I, I think they had to close it down, and they have to provide some type of plan. And I don't know if that will impact production in any way. I know it's outside the confines of the plant, yeah. so I don't think it will. But I don't know because it's it's Germany, and I, the environmentalists in Germany are very powerful. So they might, you know, they might be pushing for something. But there's so much upside in Berlin and Austin, um, you know, that uh, we should pick up hundreds of thousands of units just in a natural growth from those two.
0: Tesla giga Berlin fire, a pile of cardboard cartons burnt in the open. Environmentalists ask for production halt. That's so crazy. (laughs) That makes no sense. I mean, that's that's sometimes what happens. You have cardboard outside. Sometimes it gets really hot. Or, you know, you have a little bit of a spark. It catches fire. They put it down. You know, they put it out. And then now they're telling them to halt production because a little fire broke out in the parking lot. Yeah. That's kind of wild. This is a
2: little bit. Of a rabbit trail from there, but somewhat related, you know, the with the energy crisis in Europe this winter, there is definitely some potential for the ramp at Giga Berlin not to go as well as we would like or hope. And so, you know, for anyone, obviously, all of this is not financial advice, but for anyone who's counting on lots of growth out of Berlin in order to see huge delivery growth for that 500,000 units in production in q4, you know, there's there is risk to that. That's not a given.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bradford, I, I just muted you while you were waiting. There was some background noise coming from your end, but I didn't mean to uh, silence you. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, Bradford, you're back, you were going to go uh, find some data. Uh, what would you come up with? I was just checking out. Um,
1: Dave Lee said he just met with investor relations and uh, mainly just clarified some points. Um, one of the, um, I also met with investor relations recently. And one of the important things that you can do as a shareholder is to go to ir.tesla.com and register your shares. And at the very bottom the, um, it's not obvious. You got to click on subscription preferences and then you can log in and do that. And if, if for some reason, the, the integration doesn't work. Um, so if you click on subscription preferences. And if you if you okay. sign in, you create a login and you do your um, you, you begin to link your shares. Uh, if it doesn't work, there's a process where you can send the information to them manually. Um, and this can get you into events. So that's a reason to do that. And, and they just have a goal of to increase communication with retail shareholders because retail is Something like above forty percent for Tesla, which is quite unusual.
0: So right here on their email subscriptions. Well, uh,
1: shareholder status maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I already uh, I
0: already did mine. Okay. Yeah,
1: you already did yours, but if if you're if you have, haven't done it, something else will show up there. And and essentially, there's an integration that's kind of like a um, a Quicken or a Mint account where you you do give your login information. And they can scrape the data to verify um, how many shares you have.
0: Okay,
4: that's yeah, crazy. I think the number that I saw was that the number of shares held by retailers is about the same as what Elon holds.
0: That's so which cool, which is pretty insane.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's cool. Uh, would that would that be possible though? If Forty percent is retail. Doesn't Elon only own twenty percent? I think it's company? like twenty twenty something. Oh, like
1: that. Okay maybe okay maybe 40 percent is wrong
0: then maybe 40 is the total between um retail and elon maybe he counts himself as retail
3: i thought sure. institution i thought institutional was about 42 43 so oh, okay like that. okay
0: um did did uh dave share anything you can share from a from as far as uh there's nothing new
1: and, and that's part of what um i'm guessing it was martin vieca clarified is um uh, if, if you ever get the talk with them or ask them a question, mainly they can point you to information that Tesla's already shared and Mm. uh, potentially clarify things. Um, They can't give you new uh, material information um, that's not yet public. Um, So there wasn't a ton that was new. Um, The only thing that, um, and this would kind of go against what I've been pushing on the Inflation Reduction Act is like, Tesla is still clarifying with the government um you know what applies to what in the Inflation Reduction Act.
0: Okay. Um I know like last time we had I think it was our last panel or the or the one previous to that I know we went we went real deep with you especially Bradford thank you again for joining us and really walking us through that but it mm-hmm. does seem like there's still a lot of work that has to be done from the standpoint of like people even knowing how to use the thing that they put together there's a lot of a uh, grays or there's a lot of uh things that are that seem too good to be true or you know there are some nuances in there that are still need to be worked out but i yeah. think i'm wondering guys as 2023 goes on and we get closer to the end of the tax year i mean all that stuff has to be figured out by then right otherwise they have this bill that nobody can take advantage of and nobody's like yeah. i'm by guessing the towards the end of, year, of next yeah. year and this year you think okay it- i think
3: by, i think by the end of 2023 they have to clarify
1: by the end. yeah yeah
3: because nobody's gonna be filing until 2023 anyway oh, okay. on the on the on the changes so i think and the irs is which ultimately is going to promulgate whatever the rules and regulations are they're pretty understaffed so i'm sure they're not going to be ahead of the game that that's my guess makes sense
0: any any other topics we want to hit before we get uh go ahead Robin. Yeah. So,
4: uh, Sawyer just re- tweeted maybe like 15 is, minutes ago. Saying? It's in, pri- it's in private chat. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have a Bloomberg,
3: uh,
0: I do not, so,
4: but it links to, uh, potentials, uh,
0: maybe paving the way for a settlement with Twitter and Elon. Hollywood super agent. Okay, so I'm going to read this for those that are just listening in. Uh, by the way, 446 viewers, thank you all very much for joining us on this special Friday. Thank you to our panelists. Every time we go live, it seems like we're getting a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. So really appreciate everybody. This is super cool to watch. And of course, everybody who's taking part of these panels, I, I'm super and, appreciative of you all as well. And yeah, for Zad,
1: if everyone who's watching now likes the video, Like this will help blow up the video. So if you're getting value...
0: There you go. Even Bradford did it for me. Look at that. That's amazing. I didn't even have to like like my own thing. Bradford did it for me. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that very much. Uh, definitely like it if you're enjoying what you're watching. Um, news. Hollywood uh, from Sawyer Merritt. Sawyer Merritt on Twitter. If you don't follow him, what are you doing with your life? Please go on Twitter. and. Uh, oh, this is a, oh, this is a different Sawyer. Why does it have zero following, zero followers? That's strange. Is that a glitch? That has to be a glitch, right? Am I losing my mind? Yeah, um, that was totally a glitch. Yeah, uh, uh, At Sawyer Merritt on Twitter. Hollywood super agent Ari Emanuel has attempted to pave the way for a potential settlement between Elon Musk and Twitter over their disputed $44, $44 billion takeover, according to Bloomberg. Emanuel uh, reportedly contacted Twitter board member uh, Egon, uh, which is interesting as he's only one letter away from Elon, uh, Egon Durbin within the past few weeks and suggested the two sides find a solution to the dispute over the buyout ahead of upcoming court proceedings. So this is sort of and I'm going to like and retweet uh, Sawyer as I very often do. Now,
1: now this is not the Ari from
0: Entourage show, right? It might be.
3: Actually, I think it might be.
0: (laughs) Ari Emanuel, right? Let's see. Who's this guy?
1: He's, he's probably a, a superpower dude. But I, I just remember the Entourage show. <laughs> the character's name was Ari. I wonder if it's based off of uh, the same person. Probably not.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's just a very common Israeli name, right? But I,
3: yeah. I think Ari was based on Lee Steinberg. In, in no,
0: I don't sense. see anything about Entourage in here um different guy uh but yeah so that's it this was uh this news broke about 40 minutes ago september 30th 2022 12:06 p.m central um i mean th- this kind of lines up with with what uh, the sentiment has been i know I've, I've followed multiple folks on twitter so i know gary black i think dan ives both who uh, covered tesla from a financial standpoint they're both sort of on the boat that they're going to reach a settlement before or during the deposition pe- the, the period of the of the of the trial, um, I myself feel like the 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 settlement is the best outcome for both parties. Uh, I would say that uh, Twitter Twitter not getting to a point where they can close a deal with Elon on Elon's terms somewhat, I think, is detrimental to Twitter because I think in the next two three years, I've talked about it before. If they have a competitor that Musk creates, then they're going to have an issue. Retaining users, but yeah, interesting stuff. So this this is yet another pointer that says, hey, there might be a settlement coming soon. Um, The judge, okay, sorry, let me see. Um, Let me see if there's any other lines in here that uh, Durbin notified the Twitter board about the conversation. The people added, it is unclear if the social media company responded to a manual or intends to do so. They said. So uh, whether Emmanuel is operating at the behest of Musk or is trying to resolve a high stake dispute involving two allies is a question investors would likely pour over. Bloomberg was unable to ascertain details about his motives as well as the likelihood of his overture leading to any settlement. So something that he reached out to somebody on Twitter, Twitter had to report it to the board and said or somebody on the board had to report it and say hey somebody reached out to me uh, about this and it looks like that's about as much as we have but yet a little bit more um, i guess another another push towards settlement at least from we're getting some visibility some something be something's being done behind the scenes either by a partial or impartial party so what are you guys gathering from that any any comments on Grab my
3: lawyer, I, yeah help. on my <laughs> iTube my iTunes channel uh, uh-huh. i I kind of tried to like balance what I too, I thought, bro, come you know, on. That was I, so corny. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to uh, balance what I thought the risk was and what they could settle. And I kind of came out about 15%. I think that's because you can't do too much. It's like uh, Goldilocks and the three bears. You can't do too much and you can't do too little. If you do too much, you're going to piss off the shareholders. If you do too little, it's not going to get a deal done. And I think it's very possible, although it doesn't necessarily have to have happened, that once they started to negotiate uh, some type of framework of a resolution, then the Twitter board would have to get a legal opinion from a law firm saying this is a good settlement to protect themselves from their shareholders. And maybe that delay in the depositions wasn't to give enough time for the law firm To prepare an opinion letter so that it could finish negotiations and then uh, enter into a a deal. That's all pure speculation, by the way. So I'm just just guessing. But I thought like 15% would be like a, a number that you could sell. And you could sell the risk and you could sell the discount. And I thought that was a doable amount.
5: Okay.
4: Yeah, I'm just guessing that Ari probably has a stake in this somehow. Like, maybe he's one of those investors or is in a group with investors and felt like he could move this deal forward. Um, Yeah, a discount is, I mean, that's what I've been expecting. I think it's just the most probable solution to this whole thing. Um, Yeah, some kind of 15 20% discount seems like it's enough. I mean, it's a big, yeah, who knows, but. yeah Yeah. hopefully we can get this all resolved
0: (laughs) yeah i think i think moving forward is really going to be the biggest uh thing here for all of us real quick i'm going to give a shout out to claude nelson claude by the way runs the channel tesla community forum on youtube where they host uh community forums as well that's all tesla community driven shout out to claude uh super good job with that and thank you so much for the 17.99 pound super chat well, there was some currency exchange uh, discount there from the twenty dollars that that's the reason it randomly showed up in99 9, but obviously thank you so much for that that will go into the uh, the uh, the drink the drink uh, budget for when people come here to Austin to use that money to buy them some beers uh, big day today guys let's do this thing robot and other things so very very exciting day uh, Bradford I think you were coming off mute go ahead sir if you had or I forget who it was that was coming off mute
1: just yeah now. so uh- what Richard is talking about is a fifteen percent discount to the fifty-four twenty, um, that price, and um, so that would that would make sense. And if you think about uh, long-term Twitter, maybe they IPO'd in two thousand seven or something like that. Um, they IPO'd around thirty bucks, so, and there's been no dividends or splits. So essentially, forty-six bucks would mean that, you know. Over these thirteen years, all they returned so far, or I guess over the life of it, uh, was about fifty percent to shareholders, which is actually a good deal because before Elon came in, the stock was hovering around 30, 30 bucks, thirty-two bucks, and um, you know forty. If the Elon thing didn't come through, I'm, I'm guessing Twitter would be below thirty right now um so 46 i think is a good deal for twitter just just my opinion what what did it get get down to um at like uh mid-february there um
0: mid-february was like uh uh 31. okay yeah so it's interesting because if i'm going to the very first trade of twitter it's it's at uh 41 bucks okay yeah and it went down that to may so not be like accurate. okay
1: um it might be rounding or missing it a may have opened
0: or it may have opened market at you know you how usually sometimes like i'll opt oh, yeah. ipo and then it'll but it'll post it like 20 30 above um what it ipo at? um okay so that very well yeah for sure and but it's I funny because that- Go ahead. Sorry, Bradford. Yeah, so today we actually have a 3.4. Uh, it's up a, a little over 3%, I'm guessing based on the news that came out this morning from the settlement deal. So people mm-hmm. people are enjoying the settlement talk. At least it's it's settlement is a positive to Twitter shareholders, right? And this is what this reflects um, based on that. Go ahead, Bradford.
1: Well, um, so we don't get sued. We may want to move on to AI Day.
0: <laughs> sued by who? <laughs> i don't know we're just chatting just having a good time uh anybody else have any anything else they want to they want to hit before we start nerding out like a bunch of I thought nerds of great
1: insight by Borghand.
0: which yes. is like the
1: perfect day for the perfect name for ai day
0: <laughs> borg hand i love it all right let's do let's do ai day um drotman you were talking about before we went live you were talking about some hands give us oh yeah a little yeah, bit yeah. Of a, um of an insight into yeah, that. we
4: were just looking at uh Shout out to Leonimus. Um, he, we were chatting on—I mean, we were talking on Twitter about this picture that's been sent by Tesla. Um, I don't know if you can pull that one up, but uh,
0: yeah, I'm working on it. It—it it,
4: he was saying that there you can see like some of the the parts of the hand and, inside there. And then Elon just tweeted recently to Holmars that uh, that that is indeed Optimus. So that's the real deal. It's not CGI. It's that those hands that we're showing you right now, that's definitely what they have for the prototype. Um, this right here, this video, yeah, yep, this little yep. loopy
0: video. Oh, I'm and on then the like, window. if
4: you just look at the uh, thumbs or whatever, there's, you can see some of the mechanics in there. I'm not sure if that's light or there might be cables in there. It's kind of hard to tell, but uh, you can definitely, like, what's interesting I think is um, like, if you look at, the hand, let's see if I can show, so if you can look at the hand, the thumb is sort of in this position and there's all these mechanics right here. And it looks to me like the thumb can like, you know, go from like kind of a hand position like this to like a thumb position like this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, I think that's kind of interesting from a robotic standpoint. I'm not sure like what other companies have done. I'm not like a robotics expert by any means, or at least with modern day. But I mean, it's just interesting that like they're trying to get that level of articulation in there. Um, I guess the other point of question is is, are is all that we're going to see the hands, or are we going to see an entire bot? So that is a very exciting kind of open question.
0: I'm seeing a little bit of a. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna overexpose this image real quick. Um... Yeah, you guys, you guys can chat about the hats while I try to overexpose this image here, if you guys yeah. don't mind. Um, go for yeah, it. What yeah, what
1: I notice is the there's this um, this cutout where kind of like knuckles might be, and the inside of the fingers looks like it may not be metal, or it may have a slight offset so it can push in if the yeah. hand is grabbing something. Some. I'm curious if there's sensors on the inside of the hand so it can sense, oh. that, sense the grabbing and I hope that at a minimum that Tesla talks about that tonight it is the the sensors in the hand um
2: yeah it looks like there's those black pads kind of on the fingertips and then in the thumb you can see it in the in the middle joint as well um and that's what that was my Thought as well when I looked at those pads was that those are probably force feedback sensors, and um, you definitely are going to need something like that if you want this to operate intelligently at all. And if you're doing
4: um, like if you're picking up things, right, you want some f- like give in those tech and that and that surface, right? So yeah, like that padding, like not having metal be there. Um, you can definitely see like that almost looks like it's rubberized, like what you're saying, like right in this little pad here. And then like in the in the, the tip of the thumb and then like the base of the thumb. And that, that's like really important because if you're grabbing onto a pole or something, right, you want a little bit of friction and definitely not metal there. And then that gives you the opportunity to put like, yeah, like sensory kind of, uh, something to enable sense there yeah it's super interesting i, was I love just
1: gonna... how hard is uh x-raying this live for us
0: <laughs> just call me jamie bro from joe rogan
3: i was going to say I... as, it was, as it was moving it looked like ironically it looked like to me like the handle of a gas pump as you're pulling back the lever
1: Oh, when it was moving, uh, coming together? Yes. OK. Yeah, you also want you want rubber or silicon um, for grip. Uh, metal is, yep. is harder for grip, unless you score it or something. You it's don't okay. want to damage what you're picking up either, so you want to be better if it's soft.
2: How many fingers do y'all think that it has?
4: Five. You think it is five? Four fingers and a thumb, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you probably don't need it, but is there... I see. Can you see in the background when it's doing Uh, the... I can only
2: confirm three just looking at the video, but...
4: As it's expanding its hands, you can kind of see the outlines of the different
3: fingers.
0: The Twitter media player sucks, dude. Sorry, Twitter. That I
3: think sucks. they're gonna add. I think they're gonna add a middle finger. <laughs> I hope
0: they do. What if I, that's like the special thing it does? It comes out just like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> like a gangster out there. It's very interesting. Uh, what's What's reassuring to me is that if I pull up the. Um, one of my fears was that. Um, Tesla was just going to show the hands after you know they've been focusing so much on the hands but it's very obvious here that it's it's connected to some sort of like wrist mechanism i guess or like an mm-hmm. arm extension so it does seem like it's going to be a, a full bot it's not just going to be the 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 sub segments or who knows it could be but it's i really hope it's one full bot that is Able to achieve all the different motions and gestures and whatever is not just the individual. You know, maybe here's how the hands work. Here's how the elbows work. But it's not put into one, one robot. That it's a bunch of different uh, sub segments. Because the the one tweet that Elon sent to, I want to pull that up real quick. He was talking about how um, it's going to be showing a lot of. They're going to be showing a lot of hardware. Mm-hmm. Also, Cybertruck is supposedly going to be a boat, which I'm really excited about um yeah no this event is meant for recruiting ai and robotics engineers so it will be highly technical as well as advanced chip and supercomputer engineers for a uh, next-gen training and uh inference and then was he replying to whole, whole mars hans you were saying was it? somebody said something about whole mars
2: yeah rodman I mean, said really. that it was i think whole mars had posted that picture if you go into the replies yeah, it's one of the top ones up here.
1: I'm going to need to dash soon. Um, OK. I, I think it'll have five fingers, so you can uh, do some imitation learning, um, or you can train it to do where humans can train it to do specific tasks eventually, so kind of future proof it for that um, that use case.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, i think that's the part that i haven't heard many people talk about that is my specific prediction for today and we'll see you know how how well this comes to pass but them talking about the challenge of training you know i i expect that they're actually going to do some useful everyday tasks um in the and i know that mike had shared a, a tweet about comment that Fei Fei lee made at a conference recently talking about a new paper that they're working on at stanford for how to train robotics using artificial intelligence and they have like a hundred everyday tasks that they've been training these robotics or robotic uh, mechanisms to do and so i kind of expect that to be part of today you know when we look back at say the like the rubik's cube example that OpenAI completed a couple of years ago. That was a very large uh, neural net model that they had to train to do that. And the only thing that that neural net model can do with that hand is solve a Rubik's cube. Like you can't take that and then say, "Hey, okay, here, pick this cup up and put it down over there." You know. So all of the time and energy and resources that they had to expend to train. <laughs>
0: I just saw that uh, picture. That is uh, something else.
2: <laughs> Off-label. Off-label, totally. Um, the You know, that doesn't transfer to something else. And obviously for TeslaBot to be a useful agent mm. that you can have do general type things, you're going to have to have a general way of training neural nets to do different types of tasks. And that's one of the big challenges here that, you know, one of the reasons we haven't seen more advancements in the hardware side of robotics is because cool. So you can make this mechanism that can do a thing, but if you can't put any intelligence behind whatever it is that you're building, whether it's a humanoid robot or something else, it's so hard to program that thing to do anything interesting that, creates value that there's just zero economic forcing function to do that and so that's really the biggest challenge in solving tesla bot is you know how do we give this thing enough intelligence to where it can do general things and i don't have to specifically program okay you start here you move like this you go down you pick it up pull it up, go over there, like all of those. I mean, if you've ever done anything with robotics, if you've done 3d printers, or, um, you know, played around with anything in high school or a college lab, like that is exactly what programming robots is like today, still in factories. And so you know, that's just not at all applicable to what it is that they're trying to do. And so yeah, like, how are they going to create generalized neural net models that not only handle motion but you know they've got to sense the outside environment that's a lot of what we've seen them doing with the fsd hardware and software Um, but then you know on the car the the car has a pretty good sense of how it moves in the world and it's really simple honestly like the model of how the car moves through space um, is very easy to solve. There are not very many degrees of freedom. You know, it's, it can move forward and back. It's not really moving side to side. It's not moving up and down. And so as far as control inputs, you've got your accelerator and you've got your brake on something like a humanoid robot. Like you've got tons and tons and tons of joints and everything single one of those things has to be controlled independently, but in a coordinated way. Um, and so trying the, in the, the psychological term for that is interoception. So they've got exteroception pretty much solved with FSD stuff, and there will be specifics on how that has to be applied to Tesla bot, but they're a lot farther down that road. So they've got to do something here where they actually have interoception with the bot. And that's what, you know, you've got your little sensors on your hands, and that will be part of that but how do they how do they give the bot a good sense of where it is in the world how it's moving how a control movement will actually change its position in the world and then how that's going to affect all the things that it's interacting with Um, these are really really difficult problems to solve and so i think they'll demonstrate the hands doing things that look to us very simple, but you know, if they could clean a toilet and then go clean a different type of toilet and be like, yeah, there's not, those are not two different routines. That's the same neural net cleaning two different toilets with two different shapes that yeah. would be extremely impressive to hardware and software engineers in the AI and robotics space.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that the. the the p if they really truly show how it learns to do those different types of movements that are non-repeatable and i guess almost i don't want to say infinitely different because every minutia that you do is theoretically could be infinitely different right but but a the 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 um neural nets or the the procedure uses to learn the different ways of how to handle one type of function but infinitely different is going to be so game-changingly crazy that um yeah it's gonna, it's gonna blow and it, it points directly to agi it points directly to yes. hey we're making we're making a way towards agi or, or we're talking about hey we can do this we can we can use the sort of platform or the foundational thing that we've built with fsd we can apply it to the bot and I- this is why we can do it Bro, it would be completely nuts. Yeah. I see uh, Matt Smith in the comments. He just said, "Yo, Matt, you got the link if you want to join us." Oh, look, look at his picture. He updated it. He looks so much better. Do you remember how how young he looked before? He looks much more accurate now. Nice face, Matt. You look so pretty. Um, <laughs> probably that's why he wrote, "Yo, go ahead, Hans." Uh, oh, I just
2: his picture was funny because he was calling out Emmett for making fun of him and how young he looked, but I think you make fun of him for looking young in that old picture just as much as Emmett does. So yeah. <laughs> giving him a complex over here, <laughs> Matt's gonna have to go
0: to therapy. What are what are some things? Um, oh, go ahead, Richard. Go yeah, I was gonna say I
3: expect less. So I expect oh. not a lot. Uh, and I think they've been telling us that. Uh, and I think even Elon's messages to be very narrow. There's not a big, um, there's not a lot of people. They're going to go. I think it's like 300 people, something on that order. It's he's told he's kind of said it's for recruiting, so I kind of expect less. And I think they have kind of like the right sequence, the right timing to do that because deliveries come out su- Sunday. So if they were concerned that the public would not react well to just a an advancement that only people that know what they're looking at understand—they don't really have to worry about that as much. If deliveries are going to be as stated, if deliveries on the order of three hundred sixty, three hundred seventy thousand, some in that ballpark, that's kind of what people are going to look at. And to the extent it's kind of a, a vanilla AI day, it'll kind of get overlooked, and it will be really just for the people that are interested so i'm kind of expecting more of a vanilla presentation
0: okay robin what do you think and of course comments chat please let us know your 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 thoughts too what are you expecting to see i'll pull these up as we as we go along matt's going to join us here in about 20 minutes as well um, go ahead Robin.
4: yeah i mean it's it's hard to predict right um, i think if you're still going by trying to impress engineers, they really have to go pretty, pretty, like, they got to push the envelope pretty hard and provide a lot of, I mean, there's going to be a lot of technical details. We know that. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely expecting to see a lot more of uh, the Dojo computer, um, because the computing platform, I think, is something that's, a big deal. If you understand computing, the robotics has got to really push. I think they really have to show that there is a lot of differentiating factors between what they're doing and what Boston Dynamics is doing. Um, you know, like there's just a lot of engineers out there that kind of have a pretty good pulse on like what's happening in the, in the robotics space. Like, I mean, everyone's a lot of people should be familiar with, like what Boston Dynamics is doing, like you guys said, um, but you know you really have to prove that you're not just like overhyped, right? You have to prove that this is a place where you're gonna do something really important, and you know if if Tesla's goal is to really push this, push the advent of like humanoid robots. A lot for Ford, a lot much like they've done with the ro- with the with the car, with the EVs. Like they really have to do something kind of impressive. And I, I mean, this isn't the only chance they'll have to do it. I, I imagine that this is going to become a regular thing. I mean, we have, like, the last one was only a year ago, right? Or, I don't know when it was. But, um, yeah. So, it, it this should this needs to be a little bit more than what like. I have my expectations low, but I think it needs to blow a lot of people's expectations, especially from, the, especially the engineers, right?
0: And especially when Elon's saying it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he's kind of set that expectation too. Go ahead, Hans.
2: But yeah, I was just say, I mean, what I'm expecting, I think, will go over a lot of people's heads, and they won't understand what it is. Like, it's really exciting to me, and I think it would be exciting to a lot of people in the field. And I don't think it's something that other people would understand and you know i also think that dojo will be a big part of that um i've listened to robert scoble and his faces with tesla herbert periodically and you know he's mentioned a number of times that they have a data center running up in washington and he says that it's dojo i've always wondered you know is that really dojo or is that just nvidia GPU cluster that's running. But when he's talked about it, he says specifically that they're doing simulation. And, um, you know, one of the challenges for training things is, and I think they even mentioned this in the open AI um, video, or it could have been something else on robotics, but basically you can't take a physics engine from a game engine and then use that to train something that you intend to operate in the real world. That the physics that are currently built into some things like the Unreal Engine, they're really specifically purpose-built for games which are supposed to make it look good and feel good to someone who's playing games, but that's not actually an accurate representation of the world and you can't use it to to do AI training on and then expect that to operate in the world. And so that's why transfer learning is a difficult task. And so, you know, I would, I can't think of anyone better than an Elon AI company to create the world's best actual physics simulation engine and to be using that currently. And that's what, that's kind of what I'm expecting is that we're going to see that they have been using their custom made physics engine to generate a lot of simulation that they're using to train the bot on specific tasks and they're working on a generalized model that then you can take that and train it because you know a lot of these models are they're just not transferable you can't take something that there's there's just not a whole lot of ability to tweak an existing neural net to slightly modify its capability you have to go do a bunch of training then you have to add new you know heard and uh yeah andre karpathy talk about this you know you curate your data set you add new things you try and make it more diverse and not have too many cases of this or not enough cases of that and there's a whole lot of effort that goes into just tweaking slightly the behavior of a neural net and that tesla bot is definitely going to be something the only way that we can solve the bot challenges that the robotics industry has never been able to solve is with intelligence and it's going to be with neural nets and so how do we how do we do that um and so yeah it it could very well be the case that dojo actually is partly a physics simulation engine Yeah, yeah that they've been running and that this then moving forward you know if that were true if that were the case and Tesla can show, hey, we are the world's leader in training AI, robotics control neural nets. Oh, and we can even offer that as a service. You know, Once we finally get our robots up and running, we can provide you with, we've got the simulation engine, you provide the cases and we can do training there and we can even provide a general model, kind of like an open AI, you know, GPT-3 type thing here. Yeah. You can plug in the different attributes of your robot and you can use it, download it into your, your different application. So it's pretty, you know, I think that's, that's the biggest challenge that's out there. That's what I'm hoping to see. Um, and I think there's a high likelihood. And I also, like I said, I think that a lot of, normal people would be like, yeah, but it didn't jump around and do weird, cool things. So, you know, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do want to give a, a couple a couple th- shout outs here on the comments. So there's people asking when the actual events is going to start. The event was going to start at 7 um, 7- PM Central, 8 PM Pacific, but they moved the timestamp on the live event on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube to Tesla's YouTube page, it's actually now set to start at 8:15 Central or 9:15 Eastern. So they pushed it about an hour and 15. Uh, Along with that, about about an hour before the event goes live, I'm actually going to be doing a a simulcast with uh, with Zach and Jesse from Now You Know. We're going to run the same stream on both our channels, and we're going to cover the event an hour before, during, and an hour or you know whatever long after. After the event as well. So look out for that on both our channels. And we got my boy Nicholas from Investing Against the Grain on his freaking honeymoon is on our chat. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> Such a degenerate move.
0: Hey guys. What are you doing, Nicholas? I am waiting in Athens
6: until uh we leave tomorrow to go back to the States. And uh, you know what we're doing? We're waiting until 3 4 a.m. for this thing to get kicked off. That's what we're doing wow. here.
0: You're, uh, hey, you're, your your uh, household—that's amazing. They want a yeah, nerd. She's in the
6: other <laughs> room watching watching you guys as well. We're just laying in bed, just Woo! watching you guys, listening. How's like, it God, going? It Three a.m. yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Give us your thoughts. What 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 are you what
3: are you expecting from the event?
0: Actually, I saw Richard go on off of mute, so I'm expecting a, a very good comment here. What what you got to say, Richard?
3: Oh, what I was, was going to say I was thinking more of the big picture. The big picture is this. This is like to me the equivalent of like a uh, uh, light bulb day two. So Edison is giving you the lowdown on how he's going to do the light bulb. And we're, you know, hundreds of years advanced. And now we're we get to see basically the process of invention. And besides how amazing that is, it's got to be so stimulating to some six year old kid, Mm. or six year old kids who are going to end up creating the technology of the future. So I think it's just an amazing that we get to share in the process.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think I think the, and, it's, and it often goes sort of under the radar, just how impactful Tesla has been to the next generation, like the upcoming generations, uh, sort of what they're looking to be excited about for the future. You know, you talk to all the little kids back in the day, you know, in the uh, 50s or 60s or 70s, it was a very different sort of things you're excited about, you know, you're excited about um like i'm thinking about products here like a, a corvette or like these cool cars like a ferrari or whatever and nowadays it's like oh tesla ooh uh rocket ooh you know it could be a robot you know it's and it's you have this singular person that's driving all those industries and you're retaining a lot of customers for life in that way you know sort of like planting the seed early on you're inspiring them and then they, it comes to fruition later on that's a great point that's a really really good point that's very exciting to see the very different lens that you're viewing that through, and it, it it's super legit and true. Um, What are you thinking, Nicholas? What uh, what are you expecting? What, what's going through your mind here?
6: Ooh, a lot of things going through the mind. Um, I I've, I feel like I've been on this roller coaster of emotions with it. You know, for a while, I was, you know, with everybody thinking it's gonna be a bot that's gonna come out, it's gonna be able to walk and stuff, and and then the more and more we just saw the the arms and the hands, like okay, maybe that's all they're gonna show us they mentioned, you know, or someone, I forget who said that, you know, it's going to be nuts. And I was thinking, okay, maybe they're going to be sorting out nuts from washers and showing the dexterity. I mean, you guys talked mm-hmm. about the the padding on there. So dexterity is one of the most difficult problems to solve, I think. Um, and, and now I'm thinking it's going to be a full bot again. I mean, I, I thought that because uh, I noticed on, and I'm, I'm sure everyone else noticed this already. I'm just late to the game, but the fact that the heart. It's coming from the view of the head of Optimus. It's not from the other side. So I was thinking maybe that is like a camera from internally doing something. I don't know. But um, but I, I like what was said earlier. Um, so I forget who said it, but or it was Han. Hans was talking about how a lot of programming for robots is very well, robotic, right? It's very uh, like dynamic static, dynamic static. very choppy. But remember when... And this is probably a horrible analogy. So hopefully you guys track with me on this. Whenever smartphones came out, right? Like the original ones, so stupid palm pilots or the Blackberry Pro and everyone's like, oh, it's is a smartphone. And then boom, here comes Apple and they drop the iPhone. What if that's the same thing here? You know, we have we have uh Boston Amix. Yeah, this is what Addicts looks like and all that. And boom, here comes Tesla leveraging their their, you know, lead with neural nets and training and what they can do with bots. And it's like, oh my God, we just level level even if it's just arms and dexterity and taking nuts and washers apart. I don't know. I I have no idea what to expect. That's and it's Friday night, I'm in Europe. Everybody in Europe I've talked to is kinda excited about this. It's gonna be three, four AM here. You guys are up on a Friday night. What other company do you have this for? I
0: I know. i love the excitement dude i love it bro by the way you are you are choppy on the video the audio is is decent it does chops it does chop up at the video is like super laggy but it's it, we can still hear you just to give you a heads up um that's russia. dude you just made me so excited you just made me so freaking yeah russia right freaking putin um man yeah, the fact that we're the fact that I'm up right now. Well, not up. It's in the afternoon right now. But the fact that I'm here with a, with a, you know with a bunch of uh, uh sort of like minded folks that are very excited about this on a Friday, and then I'm I've devoted my Friday evening, which typically I wouldn't, you know. Let's say uh, the average person, I don't think, would be sitting down in front of a screen waiting to see what a tech company is gonna do about robotics and self-driving cars and chips. And like in my I'm like I've never been sort of I never imagined myself in that sort of chair, but I'm gonna be spending, I don't know four or five hours tonight, pre and post, just going all through this whole event. It's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Mike, a community member. Welcome back, my friend. What are you thinking? How's uh, how's this event getting you excited? What, what oh, are you expecting?
7: I'm so, I'm so excited. I think, I think that I think it's just gonna like we're gonna see it and we're gonna go, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is real. Like they showed it, it's real. There's a couple little kinks to figure out, but this is happening. And then we're gonna, we're all gonna tell our friends, and, and they're gonna like watch little clips of it, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna go viral. I think parts of mm. it, you know, and and uh, people are gonna start like. What, what if it takes my job? And like, they're gonna have the whole conversation, you know, about that. You know? Um, and it's like, don't worry, like, there's other things you can do. There's always things I think that humans are able to do for each other that robots can't quite satisfy, you know, like, you know, the value of human attention, for example, it's very important. Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah. What specifically, uh what specifically do you think could go viral? Like, is there something that you're expecting them to do that you might think uh, it's um, unlikely or like, like, where okay. does your head go?
7: What I picture is like is like they ask the bot to do something. There's like a bunch of people standing in the way. It navigates around the people. If people like step in its way, it finds a new path. And then it mm-hmm. picks up an object, returns it, um, and places it on a thing. Maybe it even like screws in a screw. Something like that.
6: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, screwing a sc- screwing in a screw would be nuts. Like the nuts you- comment that Nicholas sort of made where I just—I feel like I, there were so many double entendres there. Uh, the the uh, not comment would be would be crazy because <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, my language. Uh, if it truly can handle she's. small, yeah. Thank you. I was waiting for somebody to say something. Uh, the <laughs> there's so many. Okay, I need to sh- like focus here. Um, if it can handle uh, screws and screwdrivers, like these are things that are typically used in a in a manufacturing setting, in a building setting, and these are complex objects for a robot to pick up because it's it requires a lot of precision, it, it requires really good vision, really good depth perception, a really good dexterity uh a good uh, you have to be very very detailed when it comes to like uh how you're um negotiating how much space and these are very very tiny spaces that you have to negotiate right you got to stick a screwdriver into a into a you know like a phillips screwdriver that's a very it's so small it's like it's like this big you know what i'm saying so like to get it in there and screw it um and if it can truly do that and the hands allow it to do stuff like that Every single manufacturing job, every single job that's tied to construction, anything that that is uh, uh, primarily driven through tool handling and doing these like small but very precise motions, becomes a topic of discussion for this robot. And what Mike said about okay, like oh, they're going to come to take my job—that becomes a legitimate sort of thing that we could start hearing if it indeed starts going down that path. Um, just The implication of that would be nuts, but they wouldn't be creating a hand like that unless I, I don't think they would be really investing that much time in creating something that seems to be very capable of doing those uh, small movements and handling that type of equipment, unless they very well are, are meaning to go down that route. And then things like folding your laundry, you require that sort of, I think, dexterity, and you know the shape of our hands is very helpful for folding laundry, cooking. You know, that's another thing. Cleaning, uh, holding a holding a rag, and you know, or, or whatever, handling a vacuum. Um, I don't know what 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 other things could be done with that shape of a hand, right? Where it's like super, like this thing, right? We, we've, we've showed it on the screen multiple times, but um, the the shape of the hand of of the bot. Uh, and I know I saw people were spamming on the bot. You know. Uh, Elon said it's the, it's the real Optimus bot. Uh, yeah, I saw the first message, my friend. Please don't spam the comments by the way. If you're in there, spamming the comments, you will get banned. Um, just a heads up. like that shift of tone there. I got so mean there all of a sudden. Um, what other things what other things could be done with this shape of a hand, right? What are, what are the jobs that can be replaced? Any thoughts?
3: Well I just I, what I would like to see is, is the bot pick up a pen and write its name. Oh, and it's yeah, that'd I, be I, a good one. I, I give it a numerical name to start off with, like, you know, four twenty sixty nine, something like that. But I would think just the task the, of the gripping and the dexterity of being able to write, I think, would be uh, incredible.
2: I really want it to be named Johnny Five.
0: What's what is that in reference to?
2: Uh, it's an old movie about okay. a, a robot that becomes self-aware
0: there's a uh, i'm going to start reading through the comments as well uh in case you guys have any thoughts around what what these hands could potentially do do you think there is a greater than zero percent chance that tonight blows people's minds and monday morning we're up eight percent pre i really don't think so i think this is going to be way too technical for the market to even understand and we're we're at we're beholden to macro so i don't know what you guys think about that but uh,
3: i i think there's greater than a zero chance
0: yeah, 0.1.
6: <laughs> I think I think we're overdue for a good reaction to one of these days.
0: Yeah. But I don't know if this is going to be the event that's going to cause that. Just because I just – I don't know. I'm trying to – maybe this is me tempering my expectations too much. It's just we've been – I don't know. We've been – sort of conditioned to at least for me like the way i think about these events like they they happen they're mind-blowing and then the stock is down and it's happened so many times over and over again i'm like ugh you know uh but what i've learned is
2: that the people who have enough money to actually influence the stock price in the short term care about things that are way different than i care about and so if i'm really excited about this that means they're not going to be excited
3: about this And then what I I said before, we have deliveries announced before the end of the weekend, which kind of mucks up what people are responding to.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, I think hit that bid. Put that comment down there, right? Yeah, hit that oh. bid. Our friend Yashu. Whoa, 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 whoa. Deliveries could be the reason. Yeah, great call, Yashu. Real quick, I want to read a couple of Super Chats here. Uh, Tony DeVera, $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, could Tesla adjust its manufacturing processes to accommodate dexterity limitations of bot to implement and monetize it faster? That's actually a really interesting comment because if the bot really gets to the point where... um it becomes as as has the same dexterity as a human then do you even need to change anything on your line because the bot can do everything right so it's if you can come up with that solution you don't have to worry about changing anything on your line you're done which which in the end is way more beneficial because you have you don't have to put any costs into the uh the manufacturing change at all it's just a hey here we go like like we already have the tool and we're ready to go so that's how i think about that and um, any, any thoughts about that y'all about yeah. Tony's, uh, comment?
2: Well, they totally will for a while cause the bot's not there yet. You know, it's not ready to replace a human. Um, and, and we, we will have a long way. And so during the training phase, they will, cause they, they're gonna want to use them. They're gonna want to get them on the line. They're gonna want the experience and the practice, um, and all the training data that comes from real world operation. And so there will be a time that they do make some accommodations for that. But like Farzad said, the long-term goal is not to need any accommodations whatsoever because you do want us to be able to do any physical, boring, repetitive tasks that a human
3: can do. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a case where being non-union is probably hugely significant because if you were union, I think it would be really difficult to put bots into the employment stream. I really think that would really slow down the process so i really think that's a huge advantage that tesla has
0: that's a great great point really good point and, I, and i'd love to dig deeper into that if we have the time but that's that's such a good point michael uh ken i'm so sorry ken, kenoyer kenoyer michael kenoyer anyway michael dude $100 super chat. Are you crazy? Thank you so much. We'll put this in the fund for all our in-person guests. When they come in, we'll have a variety of drinks and that will go into that fund. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you. That's super generous. And uh, yeah, it's almost, I almost don't want to accept it because it's so freaking generous. But thank you, man. I really appreciate that very much. Um, Matt, what's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, Farza. Not too
5: Good bad. To see you. How are you doing? Good to I see like you I like your too. new profile
0: picture. You look way better. <laughs> well Thank you.
5: Thank you. <laughs> Although I've got my my filter applied so that I still look like a, a twenty year old uh, on the video, okay. but yeah, my, my actual face is full of wrinkles.
0: Yes, yes. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we can see both of your faces. You know, a little bit. You know, <laughs> Friday the Friday face, and then maybe the the other faces for more uh, official uh, business. I guess. Um, what are you thinking, Matt? What's What's going through your head for AI Day two? What What, uh, what are you excited about? What's going through your mind?
5: Yeah, so I'm just super excited for the event itself. I mean, you know, I, I, I've been hearing, I've been, I've been trying, I always try to keep my impulses in check because, you know, a couple days ago, I was just super excited and had, I don't want to say elevated expectations, but, you know, just was, was kind of thinking it was going to be a given that the bot will walk on stage and, you know, do some pretty cool stuff. Um, you know, but it, like it, it's been such a short amount of time. So I think we need to be open to the possibility of, you know, it, not walking yet, or it potentially just being like an arms and uh, like an arms and hands kind of demonstration. So, I, I would certainly be disappointed if that were the case, but it's, it's, I don't know, maybe I'd say there's a 20% possibility that that happens. So, uh, I'm trying to check my expectations, but really just, uh, I think it's just going to be so technical and I, I think I'm going to love it and feel really dumb. <laughs> so, I don't know <laughs> if that's anything new necessarily, but uh, I, I just, I'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah man me too it uh, looks like we lost nick nick if your internet went out come on back if you have to go i completely understand you're on a honeymoon after all holy hell but come back what? if you can <laughs> i know i know that was my be reaction to the
5: rest of my marriage if i pull that off
0: <laughs> he's uh i may, actually met his wife she's like one of the coolest people ever her her wife and my wife actually got along super well uh, when they came up for um uh, what was it, they came up for the investor meeting and I uh, got to meet him in person finally, super cool. And so, you know, Matt was okay too. Like he was all right, no, I'm just kidding. Matt was obviously it, amazing. It may have
3: but, been a natural a natural break time.
0: Natural break time, there you okay. go, yeah. I wonder what you're talking about there, I wonder. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's fast. I've, I've been trying to do the same thing too. Like the, the tempering of expectations for me has grown the closer we get to the event. For sure, even even the hand video is, it, you know, the, the implications that come behind having such a. And then again, I'll put the picture up again for those that are joining. By the way, six hundred and thirty six viewers. Thank you all very much for joining the stream. Uh, if you enjoy what you're watching, throw us a like. Uh, it helps this be shown to more people. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, like even this, even this here. Um, I'm trying very hard for it to not to excite me because if they're investing so much time into ensuring that they have this sort of finger and hand sort of whatever you want to call this uh, mode that allows the robot to do anything basically a human could do, then it could literally do anything, right? So the implications of that seem to be kind of nutty. And the signal that I get from this is that Tesla, again, is investing its money and its resources and efforts in a way that are not necessarily where they're not afraid to tackle the most difficult problems. They are going towards it in a manner that's going to allow them to fix the problems that need to be fixed for this to be truly a real and uh, ubiquitous thing, like th- a thing that applies to everything, right that's That's my takeaway from this. But again, I'm not letting that get me too excited because how much of that are we actually gonna see in this event? If they end up showing, again, like we talked about, the the screwdriver and the writing its name and doing all these, compl- and, and doing so in a way that is not a pre-programmed repetitious task like any other uh, robot or some some sort of neural net that's specifically designed for one task, and it's truly done in a way that it can Uh, Apply that again. The the cleaning the toilet example that we talked about before—that I can do so in every single for every single toilet under any single single circumstance—then it becomes a super different um, story. And if that all that gets shown today, I I don't know how much more excited I can be about something. Like that would be completely not. That means the future is here. It literally means the future is here and it's now. And um, and I'm getting excited. I should shut up. I should just stop talking and let somebody else talk.
5: I missed the beginning of the stream. Did you guys comment on the this is going to be nuts uh, comment? That,
0: that a little was, bit, but go, ahead. go I, ahead. I would love to. Hear. Actually, before you even do that, Matt, I'm so sorry. Let me just uh, read the super chat here from Ignorant. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Ten super chat. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I want to see a roadster drive up. A robot gets out, shakes Elon's hands, waves to the crowd, then bows to the applause. Yeah, that would be amazing. As long as it's not pre-programmed and it just does that in that scenario based on the, on the uh, Sort of environment that it has that would be so sick thank you so much for the for the super chat uh matt go ahead
5: yeah no i was just thinking you know the 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 kind of dexterity and like the detail in the hands was really surprising to me when i saw that video uh i just saw it for the first time this morning um and so it kind of got me thinking that maybe one of the uh the tasks would be you know screwing in a, a nut or maybe a variety of different sizes of nuts and i think again what to the point you were just saying far as the the most impressive part of that isn't necessarily the dexterity of the hands, but it's the how would it have trained to be able to perform that type of task. So uh, to me, that would be just super exciting if they said, you know, hey, look, we just ran this thing in the simulator for, you know, 10 hours or two weeks, whatever the amount of time is needed. And now it knows how to, you know, screw in nuts of all different types of sizes, and it can, you know, just use visual you know, cues to figure out how to, you know, kawaii to open the hand and use the other hand to hold the bolt. And so um, I, I think people wouldn't necessarily appreciate how big of a deal that would be if it can just do that one task, even, because uh, it, it opens the door like you were saying, Farza, to a generalized approach where it can really learn anything. And that's, that's just so exciting. Yeah.
2: And that does have the connection too to Elon saying that it's going to be a very hardware focused event like there could be a little bit of double Ah, meaning there like that that the hands or the bot or whatever it is are going to be doing a lot of hardware related tasks so and yeah it could be nuts and bolts um but it could also be other types of you know hinges and you know assembling mechanical things
0: what if what if the 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 event? Sorry, Rodman. I'll, I'll throw it over to you here in a second. What if the event is just building? It's just the theme of it is you know hardware. It's going to be nuts. Uh, there was uh, you know with the hands. These are all like it's just going to be building things. So what if the entire event is just focused on it's just building stuff? Like literally, there's just bots in the background just building shit as the as the uh, event goes on. Like that would be freaking crazy. That would be completely nuts. Go ahead, Rodman. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's, that's an, that's, yeah, that's a crazy expectation. No, no, no. Um, like, okay. So I just want to happen. (laughs) I
4: just want to bring it back. So kind of back to what you were saying before. And it's like, no matter what happens tonight, it, the, the thing that we should be realizing is that Elon is once again, tackling really incredibly difficult problems, right? And if you're an investor, you have to understand that that's what drives, that's what's going to be the thing that moves the stock further, right? So like we can talk about engineering all we want, but like what you really want to see is Elon doing hard things like launching rockets into space and then bringing them back down, right? You want to see him tackling EVs, right? he's done these things, right? And now he's tackling something even hard, more difficult, right? So like whatever we see as the trajectory for EVs, whatever we see for the trajectory of of uh, batteries and energy storage, energy generation, you know, like this, this, whatever this is, this is like the next thing that could move the stock in like a 10X direction, right? So like I think as investors you really we we need to like sit back and just see like what happens right and understand that is this a problem that they think they can solve and if if it is then you know that completely like reaffirms like any like uh emotions you have around like owning the stock right so yeah that's what that's what that's what I'm looking for so
0: no, that's, that's great. Um, I guess,
3: I guess
0: rich. one thing I, I'm sorry. No, please. Okay. Uh, I I just want to read this, uh, super chat real quick. Uh, Halter, thank you very much for the $10 super chat. Uh, oh, it's freaking Bradford. Hey, Bradford. Uh, hope we see the good stuff in the presentation on like a- autonomy day. Um, Okay, <laughs> I guess Bradford wasn't very impressed. Hey, hey how about did.
5: calling out his photo in there? You, you think I look young, look at Bradford in that picture.
0: Yeah, Bradford, what the hell, bro? What kind of filter you got there on your face? What are you doing? Come on now, Bradford. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, I. Yeah, again, I think the Yeah, the, the implications of what could happen because of those hands is crazy. Go ahead, Richard.
3: Yeah, I was going to say a practical issue would be the cost. I don't know how much this costs. How much in R&D expense, how much in capital, because sometimes that's not very well received by the public. Like, for example, when Facebook decided to change its business and spend billions of dollars on the metaverse, uh, the stock kind of went in the trash can. So I I would like to, I'm interested in what the allocation of uh, capital is for the bot versus other projects. And I'd be interested in in seeing some kind of uh, a summary of that.
2: Go ahead, Hans. And there's also, you know, you touched on cost. Uh, There's a very practical implication. So not only do they have to figure out the bot, but they have to create these things in a way that is easy to mass manufacture. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see tonight. You know, are we looking at prototypes? that were manufactured in the way that prototypes are manufactured with, you know, 3D printing or special, a lot of intricate, uh, hand-done work, or are these bots where, yeah, they could go turn on all the equipment and have a thousand of them in the next week. Um, But from a high level, uh, if you have watched Elon. If you know who he is and you understand how good he is at software and AI. I think what I'm honestly most excited for, regardless of what happens, is this is the world's premier AI robotics company in the world bar none period. There's no one who does both the AI and the robotics as good as Tesla does. No one's even close to solving autonomy the way that they are. And so that's like the proof case. So if that's the case, what kind of progress can they make in a year? And we're going to get to see exactly what are the problems that they've been working on, what did they view as the most important challenges, the hardest things to solve and how have they attacked those problems and what progress have they made?
0: Yeah.
5: So I, I want to jump in with a little, little point based, based on, um, you you know, the, the kind of question about, you know, how much money are we kind of allocating to this? I think as Tesla investors, we are spoiled rotten with just how efficient they are, not only with their capital, but especially with their research and development team uh, expenses. So, you know, I was just kind of thinking in my mind, like, look at what they've done with, you know, the dojo chip, the FSD computer, all the real world AI stuff they're doing on top of, you know, God knows what on the energy side. In the last 12 months, they've spent $2.9 million uh, on research and development, which is, or sorry, 2.9 billion, uh, which is just, you know, incredibly cheap. And just like, what do you think Facebook, which frankly doesn't have a whole lot to show, uh, for, for their, uh, efforts, like just, what do you think they've spent? I mean, far as out, if you had to guess, so 2.9 billion for Tesla, what do you think meta has spent?
0: Uh, this is for the last, how many months? 2.9 billion?
5: Yeah how
0: much costs. do i think meta meta spent in the same in the same period
5: in the same period
0: uh, i'm going to guess 20 billion
5: yeah 29 billion so literally so. 10x just <laughs> like it's so and their software and their software and like they don't they've got you know wow. a lot of hardware but like like yikes and they're they're like a tech leader you know like fang there's fang but tesla's not in it and I'm just—it's just so ridiculous that uh, how much they're getting done on just a shoestring budget. It's ridiculous. Uh,
0: that's my, thats a mind-blowing stat right there. The fact that a—it—it it really shows, like, how much of this is Tesla is just incredibly good, or is does this mean that everyone just sucks at deploying money? Like, are we just like, ha, have we finally entered an age where somebody has finally figured out how to? use money properly to build stuff you know
2: i think I don't know. it's as much a function of anti-competitive forces within tech like you uh, know how much of that is hey i mean there's definitely inefficiency in the way that facebook deploys capital but a lot of it is they're just throwing money at the types of people who can solve problems because they don't want those people to be solving problems out the competitors yeah. and creating products that create a threat to what they're making.
0: That's a great point. Uh, real quick, I wanna I wanna just call out this comment because uh, y'all people are freaking crazy. The the Q5T 169 and 42 cent. Super chat, thank you so much. We gotta figure out what to do with this money, y'all, community members. Like, well, let's let's put our heads together after this thing and see if we can put this money I'll to some you. use. <laughs> the lawyer would say that. Son of a, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, think I think his dudes. name is supposed to be the Quest. The Quest. The Quest. The Q5T. That's how stupid I am. Thank, dudes. Thank you so much. Incredibly generous, y'all. This is completely. Not asked for, always appreciated, but never expected. Thank you all so much. Seriously. Um, we got our, our Greek uh, honeymooner here back. Three things. One, I got access to FSD beta yesterday, uh, day before AI day. Coincidence? Uh, who knows? I think I think Elon was talking about widening the, the pool after the event as well. So that, that's an interesting thing. Longtime Tesla bull here. Have been following the channel for a while and love the content. Appreciate you all. AI day 2022. Let's go. And then three, Cybertruck Plat. Yes, please. Just saying. I agree there a thousand percent. Thank you so much, The Quest. This is like completely insane. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Um, real quick, let, let's talk about the FSD piece as he's brought it up. And then Richard, we'll go back to you since you were you're were in the middle of a thought here. Um, do you guys think there's a coincidence between uh, The Quest getting FSD beta yesterday and AI Day coming out today? Is there some sort of implications there, y'all think? Any thoughts? I think I I mean, I'll I'll say it. I think I think Elon talked about, um, you know, I think yesterday or or sometime after the AI day event, there was going to be a second rollout or like an additional rollout of FSD updates. And maybe this is the continued exposure to people uh, and there was some hardware four piece that Dave Lee was also talking about that he thinks AI Day is going to be where they show uh, hardware four. And the announcement is going to be, you know, he thinks that the announcement is going to be made that says, hey, now every car from this point forward is built with hardware four, which is, again, an extension of full self driving. But uh, any additional thoughts there from the panel?
5: yeah so i've been thinking for a while that you know they they would qualify for wide release in you know north america at least for full self-driving so they could recognize that deferred revenue um it also like just from a technical standpoint it sounds like they've got this end of month deliverable for um you know reverse summon and and and, like truly smart summon so to me it seems like there's definitely going to be some pretty significant fsd update that's coming out right after this And, and so maybe from an accounting standpoint by going wide, you know, just today to 90% plus of everybody who, who has bought it, then you can qualify for, you know, different revenue recognition. And then we'll have like a pretty drastic increase in functionality tomorrow. To so I me mean, that those things kind of make sense or in the next week or so it would roll
0: out. Got it. I
7: I wonder if, um, if they introduce hardware four, because that's what's going on inside the bot. And they also say, that Hardware 4 is already going into vehicles, and every vehicle that's been delivered over the last week or something has already had Hardware 4. And we wouldn't really know, because if the cameras are just a difference in resolution, you wouldn't be able to see that. And the the radar, if they had a a high-resolution radar, it would be hidden, so you wouldn't see that either.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. The question. Really appreciate it. And I see a couple more uh, super chats as well. I'll get to them. I promise. I just want to make sure that the conversation is flowing uh, based on the topics that we're discussing. Uh, Richard, you you were going to say something before I uh, jumped in with the chat, yeah,
3: some, something dumb, but I'll say it anyway. And I hope you accuse me of make, having a dumb question sometime. I'd appreciate it. Um, uh, you alluded to it. But I think the most important thing to be discussed at AI day today is that the Cybertruck is now a duck boat?
0: Mm. We think about I that.
3: The water, the waterproofing of the duck of the Cybertruck to let it cross rivers, lakes, uh, seas. I don't know if he mentioned oceans, but seas. I was very impressed by that.
0: Yeah, let me pull it up. Let me pull up the tweet. I think he mentioned something around as long as there is not too much of a wake, it should be able to go through it. But let me let me pull up the tweet. Anybody have any thoughts around that? Yeah, like how does it propulse itself? Like, like you can drive it in somewhere, and
4: then like you're gonna be able to have your momentum going, but that's not only gonna last you so far. I think uh, Rob Rob Mauer said that it would be like a, a, a thousand meters or something. So let's let's get the marine engineers take
2: on how they're gonna do that. Yeah, it, it how's it gonna be, work, Nicholas?
7: It could be the wheels. I I I drove a car. Uh, this weird kind of amphibious car into the water in a in a simulator game and the wheels themselves were able to propel the uh just by spinning around like they normally do it was able to propel it forward i don't know if that's it's clear that
6: it's clearly gonna have the spacex package on it come on guys
0: <laughs> how do you think it's going to work like do you think they actually think there it's going to be like the wheels are going to work as sort of like a like a propellant kind of thing is there i don't know if there's anything that you could sort of muster up just from that comment but
6: wasn't there a depth that elon tweeted about or was it just uh, a distance?
0: so he said um cybertruck will be waterproof enough to serve briefly as a boat so it can cross rivers lakes and even seas that aren't too choppy needs to be able to get from starbase to south padre island which requires crossing the channel let me go ahead and pull that up in a uh, in google maps see how how big of a distance that would be
5: it's such a strange requirement too by the way it's like oh i need to get from starbase to south padre island so like therefore we'll just design the cyber truck to be a boat like who does that
4: elon, elon does that
5: it's so strange and like he bought that i remember a couple of years ago or many years ago now he bought that james bond you know waterproof yeah. car it's just like yeah, a, the, the, the all lotus. These clues if you go back long enough,
0: yeah, the lotus. That's right. Okay, so it looks like it would just need to go from here, drive up this probably like marshy area, go to the road. Maybe they'll make a road here or something. Or I mean, it doesn't look too too big of a distance. You got a bay here, and then South Padres right here. So it's not. I mean, it's again, it's kind of insane that it can do that anyway. You know, sort of like a. Uh, let me see. This is this is a mile right here. So it would—it's barely a tenth of a mile from from this point to this point. But if their entry point is—I mean, I'm sure they can probably go from here, right? So it's going to be about a mile at most, a tenth of a mile at least that it's going to be able to uh, go. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, I was going to say the amazing part is, and I think Matt alluded to this, is just that he thought of it. Who's yeah. going to think of this? You know, who has the mind that this kind of stuff comes to them? you know, we're lucky enough to have Elon. Um, I, I, I thought it was just I was just being, you know, trying to be funny, but it's just an amazing little tweak. In the middle of the process, you're building something in the middle of the process, let's add this requirement. Uh, it's crazy. You know.
2: I mean, looking Absolutely. at the map, it looks like Elon was tired of having to drive all the way around that thing. Exactly. He just wants to make it a straight line. Like, this is dumb. I don't want to have to drive all the way over there, go across, come back. Yeah, down, this around. is a
0: 51 mile drive. It's 40 yeah. miles. And, uh, and the, if the low, the shortest point would be a 10th of a mile. It's Fresh principles, right? Yeah. Like what's, what's the fastest way for me to go from, uh, San Padre south padre to starbase and i'm guessing that's because where everybody Mm -hmm. lives right all the people live there or i don't know why they would need to do that but maybe transport Uh, there's a transportation hub in south padre island or something or logistics build a bridge (laughs) (laughs) screw it cyber trucks (laughs) bro (laughs) cyber trucks all day um this is what he wanted to
3: do this is what he kind of wanted to do in la when he had the um, plant in hawthorne he lived in bel-air And he wanted to build a tunnel from the plant to his home. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Let me go ahead and uh, hit this comment here. Hadouken, thank you very much for the $5 uh, super chat. Thoughts on microeconomics ramifications, having AI bot replace some of the labor market. Also, have you seen the Animatrix Second Renaissance Parts 1 and 2? Uh, I have not. I don't know if any of you guys have. Uh, But maybe we'll ask Matt this because Matt's maybe a little bit more uh, financially uh, savvy, just a little bit more financially savvy than we are. Just a little bit more. You know, he does work for a fund. Um, What do you think? Matt, um, I know we've discussed it before, I believe, but where does your head go to? Do you think we'll get some sort of uh, clues into this at AI day? Um, what do you think?
5: Yeah. So, um, I mean, the the easiest takeaway to, I think, consider is that the the whole pie of the, like the economy and GDP increases. And so that's that's a really good thing just from a macroeconomic standpoint. I I do think it's important just to keep in mind the, you know, the, the people impact of that too, because there's a lot of people who don't have access to capital to buy these, who will be displaced by, by the workers, um, or by the bots. Um, and so I, to me, it's just really, really important. That you don't leave those people behind. Um, you know, I was reading some Ray Dalio books lately and, you know, just from a, my heart, just from like a kind of pure, Pure human empathy standpoint wants to make sure that you know we don't have like this huge uh, divisions in society. But you know Ray Dalio was looking at all the the history of um, you know, like civilizations that have essentially crumbled, and and one of the biggest indicators for civilizations falling apart is when there's just a massive disparity between the the haves and the have-nots. Um, so to me, I think like. Well, my i'm kind of against like ubi just in general but i think if you do have this scenario where there's just such an abundance um a society of abundance especially then i think you would need more of a role for you know government or for some sort of um you know program to to make sure that you know you're you're kind of meeting the basic needs of everyone in society so i don't know i mean it's really kind of a society changing development if if this is as good as as we think it, it could be um you know probably not in the next five years but maybe in the next you know decade or two so that's a couple couple high-level thoughts i'll
4: just interject that i think elon's thought about this mm-hmm. so like he probably has some kind of idea like he's mentioned it right? he said that this will change the way we think about e- economics so i yeah. uh, i i don't know if he can He's fully transitioned us to whatever that is, but I mean I'm sure he's been thinking about this.
7: He also said he wants it to be decentralized. So I think he wants everyone to be able to have a bot if they if they want to buy a bot. And so that way we all have um kind of um equal or well, more equal power over kind of the kind of world that we become and the kind of things we produce and things like that.
5: Yeah, and I think the way that they roll it out could incentivize that. So just taking the most basic example, if anyone could rent a Tesla bot and could get more utility out of the Tesla bot than the cost of the monthly rental, then that would uh, certainly incentivize a more equitable outcome than if Tesla just sold them all at like 50,000 pop or something like that. So, um, you know, the, the economics of Tesla might be the same in both scenarios, just, you know, one would be, you know, layered over a longer period of like rental income time. Um, but, you know, the, the, the former where you're actually renting it to individuals, like maybe the bot can do my job better than I can if I'm a factory worker or something like that. But I just rent the bot, you know, the bot earns my paycheck essentially. Um, and then I just, you know, pay whatever subscription fee goes to Tesla. So, you know, I don't know what the, what the right answers are. I mean, this it's probably going to be a little bit of a rocky rollout I would think but um the fact that elon even thinks about this instead of just like maximizing his personal net worth and you know trying to get the biggest yacht like t- to me that's like another miracle on top of just how brilliant he is is that he's like thinking about the social implications of all this
0: I agree 100 with that i 100%. think uh, yeah the the comment that I brought up here it's interesting because it was uh it was a different comment that that started the conversation, but this sort of ties to what we were just discussing. I just want to read or give a shout out. Michael, thank you very much. $10 super chat. Um, how the bot will work is interesting, but it, uh, inevitably solvable. Uh, inevitably solvable that the undiscussed issue is the societal impact on the displaced workers robots don't vote but distressed uh, displaced workers do comments and sort of I, th- I think a lot of what was discussed goes along those lines the last line though is so interesting where he says robots don't vote but distressed dis- uh, displaced workers do is fascinating because if we are in a situation where the robots do indeed cause a displacement of workers, they're not net creator of jobs, but net displacer of jobs, then those that are impacted by those are surely going to be, especially if they're not taken care of and whatever that means, they're going to be very much willing to uh, vote or have influence to return to where they were before, where they were able to sort of have uh, an income and be able to work, which is a direct opposition into the advancement of that technology if it if it does become a net displacer of jobs. And sort of what was discussed so far is, yeah, so, so Elon probably has thought about that already. His comments around UBI and all the other things too has thought about it already, but how will that work within the context of what actually happens? And how much is the movement going to be politicized if it does end up being a net displacer of jobs? That could get ahead in the same way that you know the fud storm that we're still living in with Tesla and electric vehicles and everything. Then we're gonna we very well could see a, a huge fud storm or or real storm uh, that's going to be geared towards um, either slowing the adoption of the bot or changing the tone of what it means to be a bot owner. Uh, to the point that you could be vilified and sort of ostracized from society. I don't know. It's it's such a such a wild thing to think about, and the the sooner we talk about it, the better, in my opinion. So, and I, and I get it might be far away, or it, maybe it's not something that's going to be negative from the get go. But it's one of those that if it does have any negative implications, or it could be a net displacer of jobs, uh, we want to make sure that we've done everything in our power to eliminate that as a possibility at the very least through discussion so that we don't end up in that situation. Because if we do end up in that situation, in my opinion, it could be cat- catastrophic for a large percentage of the population. But that's that's where my head goes. Um, so, uh, cool.
4: uh, sorry, I, I do have no, like another idea of, I, I I talked about this before, but it's been a while uh, when we were first talking about Optimus. But like if you if you take a 3D printer a lot of the early 3d printers were designed so that you could use a 3d printer to build a 3d printer right and if you take the same idea that probably a bot should be able to manufacture or have the capability to build another bot um it becomes like if if tesla is has 100 bots they should put those bots to work building more bots and if you can get enough bots then Maybe you can just take two bots and slowly produce another bot, or you could take 10 bots and produce, you know, oh, several bots, hundred bots Yeah. fast. Right. And eventually anyone who has a bot or can put together enough bots should be able to build more bots. And then it just becomes a problem of raw materials. Right. And then if you have bots able to generate or to mine and process the raw materials to create Materials to go into the bots. Suddenly, you have this ever-producing ability to create bots. Um, if you've ever been to Disneyland and gone to the uh, to the <laughs> Spider-Man ride, that's basically what that whole uh, thing mm-hmm. is. It's almost like a Skynet experience where all the bots are just massively reproducing, and you have to escape the place because there's bots taking over. But the whole point so- is, like you, if we can get to this point it changes like how we even think of economies and elon's mentioned that he said like this could get so nutty that it's going to really change the way we think about economies and that's to me what kind of is would if we think in this kind of framework of bots producing bots and anyone who has a bot produces another bot you know if if that's really truly democratic then what does it really mean we really have to rethink about what it means to have an economy right because yeah they should eventually become to the point where we're only limited by like the um the speed that we can produce them at and like how much raw materials we have and then my head goes to like how do you get more raw materials and then you go to space right so you go
0: massive plant part three baby so yeah. where where my head goes to as you were talking about that by the way like thank you for bringing that up because. What, what does that require? So within the context of bot creating bots, what, what does that mean? In my head is manufacturing expertise and becoming a, a true manufacturing expert. What has Elon said in the past? Tesla's long-term uh, true separation, it's gonna be its ability to manufacture, okay? So if you get it to a point where a bot becomes a manufacturing process to where all you have to do, is so let's say I have a bot downstairs, and and you think about what are what are the pieces that go in a bot the you know my first question is are do you require a manufacturing process or manufacturing line that's sort of analogous to a car where you have to have a, you know, sort of like a, a process or a line with heavy machinery to build these things. If these things are five foot tall, 125 pounds, and they can be modular in the sense that you have smaller pieces that make up the bigger unit, theoretically, the heaviest part of that bot is maybe 25 pounds, 30 pounds. So what's holding you from shipping all those parts that would be required to build a bot to your house and then the bot just takes however long it needs to build that one bot. And now you have two bots and then you ship another raw material box to your house. And then those two bots can make that one bot in half the time. Then you ship another one. Those three bots can make that one in a third of a time, right? It keeps going. So, so what is the, is there a limiting factor? Shout out Jordan that would prevent the bot from being built in a house with the raw materials and that the, and just the hands of the bot build the bot, right? Um, what would what would stop that from happening?
6: Nothing. Knowing how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. What, what about what, the software? it? Assumes um, that the bot knows how to do it. Yeah. Sorry.
5: I mean, I, I think the only the only. Um, wrinkle I could think is like Tesla would have to approve you know one bot downloading the software to the other bot or, or the bot somehow downloading the software from Tesla and presumably there's like a lic- licensing software key in there somewhere or something like that that's not insurmountable but that's one way where you know you've got some sort of like fail safe in there or it's not just like a purely organic uh, situation I would say
4: but I think I Tesla would want this to happen from a net good so that they're not the bad guy right i mean i guess
5: yeah i think so but but they you know they also probably want to get paid at least something for this right like even though but what does it mean to be
4: racism... but what does it mean to get paid anymore
5: <laughs> if, if it's that good sure but in the next you know 10 years i think okay they're, yeah they're gonna have a licensing fee you know 30 years from now if everybody's a you know the today's equivalent of a billionaire with like 20 bot servants or whatever like that. And there's just, you know, economy of abundance and everything like that. Sure. Maybe, you know, then there's just like, I don't know, that sounds, I don't know if that's utopia. It seems like it could be dystopia, but uh, mostly a good thing. And then maybe Tesla stops, you know, getting a licensing fee then.
4: Yeah. I just see a lot of gears turning in everyone's head. So go on,
3: Richard. Yeah. I was going to say is I also think there's a way, because this is going to be a gradual process. I happen to think that government will intervene so to kind of soften the blow they'll offer tax credit so if you like replace a thousand employees we'll give you a tax credit for retraining those thousand employees to some futuristic uh task and we'll give you a tax credit so it'll be to your benefit and it will be as kind of a way of social engineering a kind of smooth transition to the point when everybody will be able to exactly as you were saying everybody will be able to create their own but that will take you know i don't know how long that's going to take 10 20 years whatever that process is and you're going to have to deal with the social unrest in the meantime and that's kind of a way of economically kind of managing that social unrest
0: yeah nicholas oh oh i was just going to give him the floor to to step away here all right so he had to step away uh nicholas on his on his his honeymoon but thank you so much for joining us brother appreciate you um yeah, that that that's another interesting point as far as government stepping in. What 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 uh what other thoughts are going through y'all's heads based on the manufacturing on the bot? Go ahead, Mike.
7: I was thinking. So you know how Tesla's factory has a big general assembly thing. Well, that that's the thing you said that could be done in people's garages or, or their homes. Um, because like if people are using RoboTaxi, then all of a sudden they have this garage that they're not using. That could be turned into some kind of ro- like um, Tesla bot work workstation like work area slash mini warehouse in the old days or maybe even today there was like people would have a a business in their garage and they like sort things and ship them out to people or like do like a buying club so that could be that could be done by the bot too i think all these garages are just going to turn into like little mini mini warehouses and factories and stuff like that
0: interesting yeah this is crazy like it's fucking crazy excuse me actually it's my channel it's fucking crazy well i can say fuck if i want i'm sorry everybody uh yeah yeah i think, mike's right. Other, yeah, like, I think mike's right too yeah
4: you like i i mean i don't know if it's going to be exactly this way but like basically you could specialize in doing these parts right so like you could have a neighborhood and someone spot some set of bots are working on this on the on winding motors and this group is printing the arms or whatever so you know like basically you'll just have all people working together um it does end up being more of a socialist aspect um where people are just working together to build stuff so that it that we have more of these bots so we can do more stuff and eventually we'll have enough bots i think um to do pretty much anything we want if we can Reproduce if these bots can reproduce and people are allowed to reproduce them. And I mean, I just don't see why, if, if I'm Elon, why I would stop that from happening. I, I think I would want as many of these bots out, creating as much net good for the world, right? So um, at, at some point, money, I think money already, it has less meaning to him right? Like, as the wealthiest person.
5: Yeah, so I do think, though, it, it, there's probably going to be a little bit more that goes into it to, to like, have a bot make another bot. Um, I mean, just, like, obviously, just, like, a bot by itself couldn't take just, like, raw steel or aluminum or whatever and, like, form it with its hands into, like, the perfect curvatures of the fingers and, like, the pistons or whatever, you know, actuators go into it. So, you know, I think there, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. quite that simple, but, you know, there could be oh, you're absolutely Could be but they would be... factories go
4: ahead no i was just saying that like i think they would be operating machinery or building the machinery to build the next step yeah so, i just
5: think yeah. there would be some centralization in that in that process because that would be the most efficient way to do it
7: yeah like there's a certain benefit to having large machinery for certain tasks or manufacturing for mm-hmm. certain things like computer chips for example um but like but there could also be a lot of things done in like a something the size of a garage, like general assembly, you know, screwing things together, stuff like that.
4: Or, or if you just look at the way Elon has handled expansion at Fremont, it's like very, it's ad hoc, right? Um, it's like we need space, so let's let's throw up a spring tent and let's start building. And you know, if if he really wants to make this thing reproducible as fast as possible they'll get like a certain amount and then have those like go out somewhere and start producing more. And then like if you're just thinking from like a mathematics standpoint, you want to expand this thing as fast as possible. Like if you're thinking from first principles about how to do that, you're thinking, okay, so I need to build these bots, I need to make machines to make these bots, and then I need to make them bots able to make those machines and then i just need that to spread up spread out amongst the stars kind of thing um
5: you know it's like it was something, something that that struck me when when this topic was first brought up is just like there's something obviously very kind of like biological about this you know you think of like a cell splitting into two cells and those two to four and it's just like the most absurd exponential that you could even imagine how quickly, you know, bots could proliferate under a scenario like that. Obviously, raw material constraints do come in. So there's you know some sort of limit that would need to be addressed. Um, but then the, the other part of it that we haven't really spoken about yet is just coupling that with like the exponential improvement in intelligence that is also happening at the same moment and that will be manifest in the same entity. Um, and so like it, it, just thinking of how quickly <laughs> AI is progressing in general right now, and then like, you could have like crazy, you know, exponential like dojo training. But then if you needed like real world experience for whatever, you could have the bots train on themselves or like just do real world simulations. And if they break, it's okay. Cause you're increasing them at such a crazy rate. So I, there's something completely unprecedented about like those two explosions happening at the same time in the same product. It and that's such a great my point. Head it.
7: Can I go a step further with that one?
5: Please. Um, no.
7: <laughs> no. Your so, channel far, Kick him out. Imagine what R and D will be like with Tesla bots, right? Tesla bots are recording everything. They know how everything feels. Everything looks. Um, if something is not in, if something is not how they think it should turn out, like any kind of weird experiment they do, any kind of weird tr- trial they do. Um, then they send that data, they can send that data to the Tesla mothership. Um, and the supercomputer can kind of update its simulations, you know, research this further. And like the, the iteration cycle is like extremely fast. It's not you don't have to wait for scientists to like write up a paper and then hopefully people read the paper. No, the test the Tesla plot just uploads all the relevant data, just like autopilot does in the cars. And I think that the research and development of like all kinds of technologies of material sciences to to um, just like biological stuff, just everything. It will be so fast and it won't just be Tesla doing the R&D. It'll be all sorts of companies. And so what do you guys think of that?
0: I think that's that's dead on. I mean, it it, it ties to the explosion of of uh, robotics, expertise and intelligence. I mean, that. In itself is going to give way to faster everything. Just faster. Everything's faster now. Everything's fast from this from this day forward. Even with the introduction of this prototype, however lame it's it's going to be or cool it's going to be. From this point forward, shit's going to get so fast. It's going to be insane. And it's it's the it's the marriage of those two things that Matt highlighted. It's completely it, the fact that it's in the same product. Uh, I truly can't. Get, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. It means it seems like something. That's going to change everything, like literally everything, because it's physical and software that are benefiting from those two gigantic advancements and they're all coalescing around this one object. Um, I don't I don't know, man. This this the implications of that are 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 nuts. And faster everything in a world that's already getting faster, if you compare a hundred years ago to today, and you look at the rate of improvements of technology and software and physical things and processes and how even governments tackle economies and policies around that. And then what is it gonna look like in the next 100 years? It's this marriage of software and hardware that that would lead us to that next wave of exponentials. Whatever. Because this current trend that we're on, there's there's a limit, right? There's only a limit that you can get to with with moving stuff faster with humans or thinking about stuff faster with humans uh, you need you need that next step change. It, it almost you require a step change in technology, but you that sort of prototype phase into the beta phase is sort of like the next wave of the exponential. And then for you to really get to that super vertical part of the exponential curve, it's that marriage of man and uh, machine and 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 software that would really take you there. So that's that's kind of where my head goes. Real quick, I just want to give a shout out quick before uh, we continue the discussion. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for becoming a member and the two dollar super chat. Thank you, brother. Um, Anybody? Uh, yeah. Hans, go ahead. You're off mute.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is like the line of thinking that we're going down is not a new line of thinking. And in fact, Elon has thought about this enough to where he was like, yeah, maybe I should start a company called Neuralink and see if we can figure out this whole brain machine interface thing. Cause crap's about to get wild and started on that, you know, already years ago. So, you know, that is, that's something that Elon has spent a lot of time thinking about to the point that he has expended a lot of personal resources to begin moving the ball because he knows that it's going to be important.
0: Yeah. Is there even time at this event to talk about anything else? Cause in my head, I was like, Robotaxi taxi, going to make an appearance. And now we're here. We could probably talk for another 10 hours on this topic. And I'm like okay but the implications of the bot are truly insane like they're truly truly insane what what do you guys think is this just going to be a bot heavy event is there going to be more talk if you guys want to continue on that on the bot train go for it but uh if, if you do want to sort of change topics perhaps like is there anything else going to be shown at this thing that's not going to be bot? you know what do you guys think
7: i think like han said earlier the simulator uh is very important because um for those unfamiliar with with like Robotics research um, there's a lot of you you don't you you basically have like a million robots you make me you make them in the simulator in a virtual world like a video game and they walk around and they try to climb stairs and do all these weird things just put them in all sorts of weird scenarios and and they kind of just learn how to do it better and better over time. But then when they put it in the real world, they find that, oh, the real world slightly different than our simulator. Like the physics is quite a little different and just little things like that add up. And um, there's often a disconnect between how it did in the simulator versus how it did in the real world. And so if Tesla can make like the best simulator and one that actually gets better over time, automatically like Operation Vacation where they're not doing anything. They're just kind of, they have a flywheel of data coming in coming in, and triggers that are automated. And, data being sent in and then being retrained and then shipped back to the bots i think that would that would also be mind-blowing i'd be like they already have like a if they explain that i'd, I'd be very mind Mm-hmm.
0: anybody else what, what are you guys thinking oh richard by the way i had to jump off thank you richard again for joining us hand for the conversation really appreciate you um robo taxi i think i mean dojos and mike was talking about the the simulation as well i think i think that's that's definitely one that will We'll see because it, it ties directly into the development of the bot. I would think. Um, when I was speaking with James Dama and um, and Chuck as well, I think it was just with James and the, and the community panel. He talked about uh, you know dojo and sort of the scalability of that and showcasing that at the events probably going to be really really cool to see as well. Um, yeah, what are what are what are you alls thoughts? What are you guys thinking about as far I mean, as additional if, products?
4: If you're thinking about like what all is encompassed. Um, Mike had posted in one of our forums that, like the the invite says, FSD Tesla Bot Dojo and more. Um, we really haven't talked a lot about FSD lately, but sure, um, I think that'll probably be the start. And then I, I imagine that they would need to end on Tesla Bot unless they want to just cut to the chase and blow everyone's mind, uh, and, then, and then kind of fall off with like things that are like dojo. I mean I, not that dojo's not amazing, but like I think I think I think the main course is for everyone is Tesla bot. Like I think that's what people are most interested
0: in. Here's a picture of the invitation for those that haven't seen it. And you can kind it. of see the
4: arm and
0: arms in that one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally, totally. It's crazy. Um you're invited For those that haven't seen this, you're invited to attend AI Day 2022 on September 30th in Palo Alto, California. You'll learn about Tesla's latest developments in artificial intelligence, including full self-driving, Tesla Bot, Dojo, and more. To reserve your spot, blah, blah, blah. So um, full self-driving, Tesla Bot, and Dojo. So those three things are definitely going to make an appearance. And then the more part could be simulation and uh, perhaps other things as well. Um, Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there in case uh, you guys didn't see that. Go ahead, Hans.
2: Yeah, there were some uh, I was just looking for the tweet that he had sent out about some of the people that were going to find this interesting. Like there are specific targets that they had for recruitment. Mm-hmm. And so that would also have some clues. But I I had seen it earlier and now I lost it.
0: I can pull it up. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um so we're approaching two and a half hours um i have a live stream coming up uh an hour before the event with zach and jesse from now you know we're gonna do a tag team of the event an hour before during and after i have a very full day today i'm very excited for it because i'm already freaking too excited and i need to calm the frick down um what what else private chat okay perfect Uh, thank you very much i was looking for as i was chatting go ahead mike
7: also um did you guys already talk about the hedgehog the little hidden hedgehog in the in that one picture on the invite
0: with the cybertruck
7: yeah the one the the blue picture with the cybertruck that had the hedgehog what do you guys think they're gonna order like is there something you can order like the tesla so
0: (laughs) so is that it was that an official uh, tesla picture or was that just a like a fan made one because i still i'm still not sure if if it was was clarity
7: it was it ended up on the invite like the uh, the digital wallet um Oh, invite thing. So Tesla did like put it on there.
0: I think they're just trolling. They just love that hedgehog. Okay. Uh, Note this event is meant for recruiting AI and robotics engineers. So we'll be highly technical. Um, Yeah. So do you gather something from that, Hans?
2: Well, and then his reply to that said, as well as advanced chip and supercomputer engineers for next gen Mm. training and inference. So yeah, you're going to have hardware, you know, they're going to talk about. Dojo, uh, they're going to talk about potentially even next gen dojo and next, like they could announce something related to plans for hardware five. Um, but yeah, the next gen training and inference is a big one. So, you know, whether or not they're just talking about hardware, like how do we, so dojo would be next gen training, hardware, um, hardware five would be next gen inference. Um, but then also, you know, what, what does the software in that stuff look like?
0: Yeah. Uh, and real quick shout the- out. Sorry. Go ahead, Hans. No, please. No, go for it. Yeah. Sorry. I, 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 thought you were, my bad. Um, Drew Saul, $2 super chat, uh, looks like, uh, can we, can we see Neuralink to learn uh can we use Neuralink to learn kung fu like neo uh i don't know if we're, if we're anytime close to that probably another 20 years uh thanks again for the two dollar super chat Neuralink bluetooth connection to tesla bot yeah that that could be one of the uh long-term things once Neuralink um kind of exits the medical trial and enters the sort of like the more human trial but that's probably going to be 20 30 years down the road i think that's still a ways away um Sorry, Hans, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to continue the thought there or not.
2: No. Yeah, I was just trying to think through like what all different products are encompassed in AI and robotics engineers, advanced chip and supercomputer engineers, and then people working on the, the next gen training and inference. I think that all still ties into the same groups of people Got it. and are are demonstrated by the same products
0: got it okay all right any any final thoughts from y'all uh we've uh we've covered a lot man what a discussion thank you guys so much for joining us everywhere any final thoughts uh what's uh any topics you guys want to hit before we uh we start wrapping this sucker up what are you guys thinking
7: um do you talk about on the tesla ai day the ai day invite like they showed the email where they showed the two hand two arms um mm-hmm. The the words are made out of these little dots, and there are these lines, like kind of like a line of best fit going through the dots. Um, yeah, if you zoom in on the words there, the AI Day.
0: Okay, let me see if I can uh, get this. Zoomed in more.
7: If you right click it and open Let's a new, see. open a new tab or whatever at the top, then you can zoom in on that one. So I wonder if, it, if it's like a something, some kind of clue, you know, how, like, they always do like a little clue, like like battery day, they were doing the, the layers of the tabless electrode. I wonder if this is a clue, <laughs> some kind of point, okay. point cloud with a line of best fit. That's smart enough to know. I
0: think it's just a it cool thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it is cool. I love how you Mike know, always cool. digs in.
5: <laughs> one, one thought on that though, is like, you know, obviously the, all the circles are connected with lines to the other circle. And for the parts where there's not a line connecting the two circles it does look like the point clouds is trying to connect those lines so there, there does seem to be some sort of inference on there um like the interesting one to me is if you look at the d like rather than the the line of best fit going straight up on the outside of the d it's connecting the two circles uh like to the inside of the d which is just kind of a strange thing so maybe it's a cool font. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But to me, it seems interesting that like the D kind of goes diagonally toward the center um, rather than just like following the, the line up to the A or up, up like the A does.
0: I think there's something to what Mike's saying, y'all. Because it is it is it, like, why is the zero like, like why? And look, at the twos have two different fonts, right? So look at the two here and look at the two here. Look, the line's missing in this one, but the line's here in this one. There's a line missing this one, but there's a line in this one. The line's missing down here, but it's in present in both of them. Why is that?
7: It's almost like for every possible thing that looks like a two, there's multiple ways to attack it. And so maybe it considers the three most likely ways or the the X number of most likely ways to draw lines through it or something? Mm-hmm. It's for path planning or for or like think about like Unlike the cars the, the bot needs to it has a lot more degrees of motion right it's not just turn left right speed up slow down it's also like open the hand go over here walk here stand here move, you know, so like it has it has They have to talk about that, I think. There's
5: more degrees of freedom.
4: Graphic Maybe. designers are probably laughing his ass off at you guys. <laughs> Pro- probably, probably.
0: Look at these it nerds be, on a
3: stream.
4: <laughs> it honestly
2: could be a visualization of the bot doing some decision making about how to write out those letters in a more generalized way. Like here's some points, now like figure out how to draw them and connect them.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Matt? See you're off mute, buddy.
5: Yeah. I mean, so I was just looking at like some of them, some of the lines on here just end abruptly without a circle. Like if you look at the first two, for example, um, like the, the line going up toward the bottom doesn't have a circle on the end of it, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know. It's, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking out loud, which probably makes for pretty boring, uh, you know, the conversation. But
0: the opposite. I,
5: I think it's it's interesting how like that candy cane shape would the, between like the top of the two and the bottom right there seems like that would be a very hard thing to kind of intuit. So to me, it seems interesting that that line is so clear when something a little bit more funky seems to be going on with the D. Uh, so maybe it has to do with the fact that there's not a circle on there and so it's it's presuming that that line would have continued in some direction that and that AI you know is is coming up with like a a point cloud of like what are the highest probable points where there will be a line on on you know on this letter or on this number
0: yeah I I do not I do not think that it's a font decision. I really do think it's or sorry it's a font decision that's I think implying more than just, just uh trying to look cool I think the the points the dot cloud and how the lines interplay with the different dot clouds and like like this one like it's this is obviously a line a line should be drawn here but there isn't one right like look at all these dots here but there isn't a line you know and, and then sometimes like this one like you said up,
5: anyway.
0: oh because because I don't know what I'm oh, there doing we go. um thank you the dots are here but there's no line dots are here there's no line there's no dots here but there is a line right there's dots here and there's a line like you said there is a line here there's no dots and there's no circle but there's a circle here and no lines and there's a circle here and a line and these three twos are different what's going on you know like, it's i don't think it's just a i don't think it's just a font decision there's got to be something with inference for sure cuz it's inferring it's inferring a two it's inferring a d and like you know yeah there might be enough dots here to to make the D shape, but it's decided to do this shape instead because maybe it's inferring that, hey, like this dot, I don't know. I I have, I don't know, this is not my area of expertise. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but there is a hidden message in here for sure. I I think I'm convinced of it. And Rodman's laughing like I'm a a (laughs) lunatic, but (laughs) imagine. Mike. Imagine the Tesla bot can watch other people,
7: right? And they they already have this thing um, researched where you can look at a video of a person and determine the pose that they have, like it can like draw like a wireframe through the person. Um, and so I wonder if they, they kind of watch a person kind of say, okay, this is where my arms would be if I were doing that task. And then kind of mimics the person after seeing it a few times, right? Cause it's kind of like a dot cloud. Every time the person goes and okay, I want you to go over here. I want to pick up, I want you to pick up this piece of metal. I want you to put it here and then go back again. And so it would, after a few examples, it kind of in, in, in kind of an abstract sense, it has like three dots, right? Three points where it's like but it's more like a three sets of points you know and uh because you're not walking the exact same way the humans not walking the exact same way every time um and the bot just needs to like take the average of those ways i don't know maybe something to do with that
0: <laughs> no i mean i think i think if the bot can look at somebody and then learn how to do it just from by looking at somebody that would be completely insane like no, that's if, right. if, if that's how the bot learns it's like i just like you know put me in learn mode okay bot learn mode activated okay uh, please do the motion and then you pick up a power tool you screw it in. Okay, please do it one more time. Do it from a different angle. Do it slower. Do it faster. Do it 10 times. Okay, cool. Let me try it. Did I do this correctly? Yes. Okay. Uh, did I do it correctly? No. Okay, where did, I, where did I mess up? Show me where I messed up and that's how it learns? Forget it. Forget it. It's over. We're all dead. Skynet's here. Literally. And the cool, and the cool thing about quits. That,
7: the cool thing about that is it would be, it would take ages for, for the Tesla team to manually code in or to manually design yeah, every single task. And in, in fact, how many Tesla jobs are there and how many different things do they do? It's so many yeah. things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If, if it can truly learn that way, that would be completely, absolutely insane. And, and, but I would not, I would not put it past Tesla because you think about what is the, what is the best way to achieve the goal, utilizing the existing, um, thing that you've built and. If the bot already has cameras, why wouldn't you use the cameras to learn how to do things? Why wouldn't you? You know, and if you can, if you can use a human being and again draw that dot, point cloud, whatever you want to call it, like the, the whatever thing you want to build around the human from a software perspective that allows you to track its motions and really hone in on the say individual fingers and whatever uh, and what it's doing, and if you can and uh, use that data to learn how to do things or that vision learn thing to learn how to do things, then. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, man, this is, this sounds crazy, but it's like, why, why wouldn't you be able to do it? Like, seriously, why? It's a software problem. It's 100% a software problem because we have cameras that are very much, uh, detailed enough to pick up the very minute, um, motions from the fingers and you can motion track the finger and you should be able to draw, you should be able to conclude which finger is which, and you can see the motion of the finger. We have the hardware necessary to do it. It becomes a software problem. I don't know. Am I crazy? Is my crazy? Are we all crazy? Go ahead, Matt. I think we're all crazy. <laughs>
5: no, I mean, I was just gonna say, like, you're you're right. Like, in, in thinking of what they've already done with FSD, is like a lot of what they're doing is trying to predict future motions of and things. So, like, even while it's like doing learn mode, it could be predicting what you're going to be doing, and then it realizes that you, you know when you're writing, you curve the, you know, your pencil is a slightly different way or you screw in the nut a slightly different way, whatever the task is. And so then it can be learning incredibly quickly, I would think. And then when it's, it's time to actually, you know, perform the task, then you get some additional feedback that way. And like the thing that gets me really excited is you can teach it literally any task at all. And so you've got like this distributed learning potential where like, if you think you know, the combined knowledge of all of humanity and how quickly this could like accumulate that and then come up with better ways of doing it. Because then you say, okay, the objective is to screw in the nut. But rather than do it the way that the human does by gripping it this way, maybe I find that it's actually quicker for me to just like my wrist rounds. I've got 360 degrees of motion. So like one of the crazy things about A.I. is how it invents new ways of doing things that we would never predict. And so how many benefits to work efficiency or to society in general will this technology be able to come up with it's just it's it's a nutty time right. it's such an exciting time to be alive
0: that's great so you can turn form, any like this
5: is not happening next year but it's so exciting
0: yeah it's coming like you can turn any screwdriver into a power drill is basically what you're saying if it can do that that breast yeah, rotation true insane.
5: And then you get rid of that whole part of the economy because it's just, you know, not an efficient way of doing things. And so you you just chop off all the efficient ways, all the upstream supply chain, you know, all the different factories that make like lead acid batteries for all my, you know, hardware power tools that I use right now. You know, there's just, and, and that's just one application. I mean, it's probably not even close to the most like economic value created creating, you know, application that this could, you know, solve. It's just
0: bananas completely bananas that's that's such a cool thought experiment there uh joseph thank you very much for the five dollar super chat <laughs> like what happened to your profile picture bro uh well hardware version 4 have tesla designed chips is is this already the case i believe i mean i believe so right uh um correct me if i'm wrong but it looks i'm getting a lot of mods uh nods rather so cool um all right, everybody. I think I should probably wrap this up because I do, I do have something else coming up. But I really appreciate y'all joining me for for this discussion. Uh, any closing thoughts, anybody? Anybody want to share any any final thoughts before we uh, call it? Go ahead, Rodman. Thank you for having us all on. It's been great. Oh my god! Please, thank you for joining me. Like this, I no way I could do this without y'all. So thank you very much for being part of the panel. As always, great discussion. Um, In the chat,
4: you guys have been great.
0: Yeah, everybody yeah, has been great. phenomenal. Everybody, this I, I think this community we're building is truly special. Uh, on this channel and it's thanks to everybody and everybody on this forum and everybody who's joined us it's the really cool how we can really deep dive these uh thoughts and different concepts that seem incredibly far out and bananas but they're founded in logic and uh like a- actual applications out there in the world and and we're able to dip deep dive them and i'm very thankful that i'm able to Sort of uh, host these discussions with the caliber of folks that have joined the community and the chat and uh, all the different folks that I've been able to meet. So th- this is truly, this is truly because of you that we're able to have this channel in the first place. So thank you guys very much, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts, Hans, Mike, Matt? Before we wrap it up, go for it, Matt.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to dive into another topic. So I'll just kind of summarize this one thought briefly. No, please just, do if you want to hang to. out yeah. there. But, you know, we, we touched briefly about like how efficient Tesla's research and design or yeah, R&D was research and development was compared to to Meta. And just like think about how that efficiency scales when you've got bots that, bots that you've already paid for that have is almost zero ongoing maintenance expense doing real world research on all sorts of different things. And, and like the scale of the solutions that they're going to be able to solve for incredibly low, you know, incremental cost is just like it's going to be not only like solving real world problems and like you know creating value today, but developing research for like anything. Like you could probably do medical research with this. You could probably do you know like security. You could do like all sorts of uh, like mapping exercises. Like there's almost no limit to the type of things that you could do. Um, with this technology, and, and to do it so efficiently is just—it doesn't seem like it should be possible because we're used to like the leaders being the metas and the apples and the, you know, uh, googles of the world who frankly are not super cost efficient at, at research and development. So uh, it's just—it it just truly is nutty. And when you when you start to put you know pen to paper on this and look at the financial impact, it's like you get to crazy numbers. So um, it's it's just a very exciting time.
0: So, so they're going to use three billion dollars a year in R and D in manufacturing, and they're going to be able to use that money to increase their operating leverage over time with just three billion dollars a year. Is that a good way of I mean, summarizing I'm, that?
5: I'm sure that the, the figure will increase. Like, they they've run such a shoestring budget. Like, but let mm-hmm. to say, just assume it increases ten x to like the level that Facebook is already today. Like, they're still going to be making yeah. such like a huge multiple on that money, whereas like uh, you know Facebook's. You know, forays into Oculus have have produced like negative value or negative cash flow so far, um, and so it's just like one of the truly astonishing things. There's hardly any company in the world that can invest in like a gigafactory and have like a return on investment in like a year, or you know, develop something like full self-driving and get paid by their customers all along the way. Like they're making money while they're doing r d it's nuts like that's that's not how product development normally works that's not how financial statements normally work it's ridiculous it's just like it's such it's it's such an absurdly profitable company and the way that they do things is just like i get why finance people don't understand this company because like they shouldn't be able to do what they've done so far and much less what they're you know saying they're planning to do because that's just like nobody's ever done that that's not you don't do R&D and get paid for it at the same time. It's like, normally you r R&D for 10 years, you develop a pill or something like that, or you develop a new process, and then you hope that after 15 years, you can sell enough of them to make your investment worthwhile. Tesla's like, no, let's let's develop it, make it better and get paid all the while. It's just, yeah. it's nuts. You're, you're
4: exactly right. Like, it, like Elon has figured out a step change and like business efficiency, or I don't yes. even know what it's called. It's like, it's, everything you should see right it's the whole yeah. thing like from financials down to operations to like is like if it's not if he's not studied in business schools going forward in the next hundred years like um, the world is truly at a worse place than it would be with all this right so,
0: like, unless
2: there's no business schools because there's no economy
0: <laughs> well yeah <laughs> it's a maximization of uh of of earnings per time unit spent on a thing that's that's really what what's been on lost there yeah it's you know? leverage like yeah
2: next level leverage yeah,
0: yeah exactly nuts
7: can i add in a thought that i had yesterday no okay. <laughs> so sorry mike i keep picking on you <laughs> imagine imagine it's nvidia right and they're deciding do we want to have these tesla bots in here Well, if they're going to share all that data with the Tesla mothership, then Tesla will be, learn how to make a chip fab like we have or whatever. Mm. And so we don't want to do that. We want to keep our, our trade secrets. Um, so a solution to that would be to say, okay, your, your data will only be used, um, on your server. So in other words, our training program that we use for in general, for all the, all the Tesla data that we get from all our Tesla bots where people agree to send us data, um, we use that, but you can have your own, you can have your, you can set up your own supercomputer. Uh, you can, you can train your own bots with your own data and that way you can keep your trade secrets and that way the Tesla bot just goes everywhere. And there's no, there's no reason to not have one.
5: You could have it's airplane mode, something like that. Like. Because one of the things criticism I've heard is like the Chinese government's not going to want them at anywhere near confidential sites, you know, it, which I think would certainly be true in the United States as well. But if you have some sort of like provably safe airplane mode where it just isn't uploading things and it can only download and you can, you know, take those things off at a local server. I could imagine that would solve a lot of the problems.
0: Yeah. That's a great point though. Like that, again, this is like another la- layer of, um, complexities that arise from a thing. That could learn anything, technically, especially in the physical world. Or it could monitor. It can be used as like a, like a almost like a uh, a spy network because you're gonna have cameras literally everywhere inside, every, everywhere. So like, what, what's it gonna be the willingness of a business to employ these things when they know that there's gonna be eight cameras around this robot that it's gonna be able to capture everything from inside of the of that company? I think I think that's the provable airplane mode is gonna become like a giant. Um, thing that they're going to have to work through if they want long-term adoption of this unless tesla ends up making everything because they have the labor to do it and that you know that uh people have talked about tesla becoming chome long term it's like i don't care i will make it we have the bot to do it i don't fucking know it's crazy go ahead hans
2: (laughs) well yeah the um, the other thing is you just have startups be like oh yeah you don't want to employ tesla bots to make your things we'll let tesla have the data and we'll make the things and then We'll do them mm. way cheaper than you
0: and bye bye true very very true very true okay uh should we call it there you guys comfy
2: yeah I, my final thoughts just on the day or yeah i'm really excited to be here at this point in time with all of you to witness this moment in history like i remember growing up thinking oh man it would have <laughs> been really cool to like go back in time and like be there when, you know, um, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. And then like we saw AT&T like become this massive thing. Like what if you could have been invested in that when that happened? Like that was such a huge moment in history. And I think where we're at is a bigger, you know, a much more significant, much bigger moment in history. Um, So cool to see for humans cool to see for humanity and then fun to participate in as an investor and, you know, to understand the science and the technology that's behind all of it.
0: I love that. So true. I think the, the fact that we're so excited for in the present moment, I wonder if in 20 years time, we're going to look back and be like, Holy shit. I can't believe I was alive for that. I can't believe I was on a live stream on YouTube covering this thing with my, with my friends. And now we get the world has transformed because of what we witnessed, literally in person, and we're discussing in depth. And then we can go back and be like, "Ooh, was that? Did that become a reality? Did that like this is like becomes a giant time capsule for the next twenty years to see like how on base or off base we were with what was coming down the pike." Yeah, and
5: I think, you know, I think in twenty years' time, what's going to be hilarious is that it's like everyone's going to Monday morning quarterback this thing and be like, "Oh yeah, like of course we knew like AI was coming and." It's so obvious, but like right now, living in this moment with like Tesla stock price where it is and like with analysts, like not caring at all about the bot, it's like, no, like for the most part, people think that this is all BS and we're like this like crazy band of kooks who, you know, like (laughs) think that the world is about to change and there's like this revolution and it's like very easy to dismiss us. But I think it'll be very curious to see, you know, 20 years from now, will everyone have kind of, you know. Rewritten history and said, "Oh yeah, of course we knew it was happening."
0: And <laughs> yeah. I suspect yes, yes for sure. That always happens, right? But that that's that's a great thought, like experiment and like how th- that's what. in anytime something is successful and it but it does become part of culture and society, like everybody, I think everybody has a claim to it because they were part of that. They're like, "Yeah, well, of course I knew it was going to happen. I was I was alive when it happened. You know, I was there. I saw it happen. Of course I knew it was going to happen." But then you know. It's uh, 10, 20 years after the the inception of the idea and the technology. So, yeah, that's very interesting to think about. Matt, Mike, Hans, Rodman, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Bradford. Thank you, uh, Richard. Who else did we have on that, that had to hop off? I think that's everybody, right? And that's everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat. What an exciting time, guys and girls. What an exciting time we're in. Um, if you enjoyed it, give it a like. Make sure you go to uh, Good Soul Investment Management. Uh, Matt and Emmett run that channel. Please check them out. Uh, Matt, you are on Twitter at match matches man something like that. What's your What's your handle? <laughs>
5: I was want people to, to try to say I, it's it's m a t c h a s m Matt m a t
0: t. Yeah, I am gonna pull up. How about this? I'll pull it up. It's
5: ridiculous. I like to think it's Matt Chasm Matt but I don't know. It was just I was trying to get a Matt Smith Twitter handle and it was taking like 20 minutes. And I was just like, ah, this is so annoying. I finally got that one. Uh, and it sucks.
0: <laughs> there it is. I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, it's good. So we got Matt, Matt, Matt chasm, Matt with one T and then two T's. Cause that's not confusing enough. Uh, please go follow him on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Then we also got uh, Mike as well. You're on Twitter. Would you like to share your Twitter, Mike? Do so you want me to pull it up?
7: Yeah, I put it in the chat. Mike Sterner, just okay. one word. Yeah, we'll do
4: this. Yep, that one. There it is. If he got his whole name. <laughs> look at that.
0: That's how you that do must it, it, good. Show off. <laughs> then we got Mr. Uh, Web3lon. Oh, you already got it in your uh, handle. Thank you very much. That's Web3lon. Hans. And then we also got... Last but not least, Rod Amn. Rodam. Uh, At Rodam. (laughs) I'm so dumb. Uh, At Rodam, please go follow um, Rodman. And then I also want to shout out, um, let's see, we had Bradford on, right? So we got Bradford, Ferguson. Uh, He does excellent. I think Bradford is very underrated in the Tesla community, by the way. Uh, He he has a, um, I believe he runs a fund, right? Uh, Halter Ferguson, or, uh, I forget what he does. Does anybody know what, it's uh, it's not a fund.
2: He's a financial advisor,
0: financial advisor. Thank you. That's right. Uh, Halter, Halter Ferguson financial. Uh, but he does a lot of great work around Tesla. Uh, Make sure you go follow him. Uh, then we also had Nicholas Gibbs, my boy. Uh, he has a YouTube channel called investing against the grain. He does great, great work. He was on with us as well. Uh, great, great job. He's on a honeymoon in Greece. And is uh, uh Richard, is it Borkhan on Twitter? Does he even have Twitter? I, don't remember. Uh, I can't recall. Do, do you guys know if he has Twitter? I forget.
4: I looked earlier. I didn't see it.
0: it, is it? Okay. Uh, but anyway, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and everybody in chat, thank you again. All right, everybody. We'll see you in, what time is it now? 2.51. I'll be back on with Zach and Jesse at... Uh, six fifteen my time. It's uh an hour before we go live. No, yeah, six fifteen my time. So we'll see you then, Matt, Mike, Rodman, Hans. Thank you guys again. We're gonna peace out here and broadcast. Thank y'all. Thanks. Everyone. Uh,